Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Wheel Takes, a podcast about the Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. I'm Allie. I'm Gus. I have read uh, almost four books now. And I have read uh, period or Wheel of Time? Oh my god, yes. Uh, in the Wheel of Time series. And I have read 15 of 15. That this- one I didn't do on purpose. <laughs> podcast only contains spoilers for what Allie has read already. And today, that is everything through chapter 40 of book four, The Shadow Rising. Yes. Allie. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing great. We have someone to thank. We do. We do. We have a new patron. I thought we had some ones. And they have been waiting for a little while for this because we recorded last week's episodes ahead of time. So a big belated thank you to Push Up Pacifist. Oh my gosh, I love your name. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's it's everything that we want out of life. Push-ups yep. and, and pacifism. pacifism. So uh, thank you, Push-Up Pacifist. Kicking for ass to not kick ass. Pledge, that's great. Right? And thank you as well to Ingrid R. Ingrid R. Thank you very much for your pledge. You have actually pushed us into the merch threshold that we didn't think we were going to hit for a while. We did not. And we're thrilled that we have. Uh, just give us a little time to get that figured out. We'll keep you all apprised. Yeah, we we have some plans as to what we're going to sell on our, I guess we'll have to figure get a, a bunch of stuff out yeah. and stuff too. So that's going to take a hot second. It will probably be early in 2021 uh, that we figure this stuff out, but keep apprised stick here for more information we're pretty excited about that as a concept so thanks also the winner ally the winner of our holiday song contest has been determined yes with 12 songs out of 51 correct respect very impressive the winner is Ben K. Ben K. Ben K. Our dear friend Ben K. Congratulations, Ben. Congrats, Ben. We are uh, very proud of you. You got so many more right than we thought anybody would. (laughs) And everybody else who entered did a great job, too, honestly. Thank you all to to all who entered. We had a blast. So much fun reading your lists. Uh, I'm putting together a little data spreadsheet thing for you all to look at of... uh, of, of where people guessed what. Uh, like, every single person, I think, guessed Run Run Rudolph for goal. All right, I hear your notes. Almost and I will everybody apply them guessed, next year. <laughs> uh, Santa Baby for Elsie. Very close to everybody. Yes. And I'm also really mad that I didn't find the song Puppy for Hanukkah until after I had uh, created yeah, this Because list. that's the perfect... Song for Fayo. I was mad. I was actually like raging during but my workout class because right. it was holiday themed and everyone, she played the song and I went, well, you couldn't have played this like weeks ago, Lily? Everyone makes mistakes, most of all us. Uh, thank you again to everybody, everybody who took part. It was so fun to read all your so entries. Fun. We're going to definitely we will, do something similar next we'll, year. We'll continue along that path as we go forward. So stick, stick around for yeah. more information. Allie. <laughs> 
Good. Uh, yes. Before we continue. Oh, wait. I have one more person. We do have someone. We do. Yes, because um, we got a new review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, my God. And I just wanted to thank that person. We uh, thank you so much. Um, it meant a lot to us. Gus did a little extra jump of joy because you mentioned the care and love that he puts into the, the sound, sound quality. quality. It made us feel very appreciated this yeah, holiday I, season. I'm real happy that you guys like yeah. how it sounds. We're currently... Doing a, uh, we're not visiting anybody, but we're not in our house. We're at my childhood home, so and and the microphone. I forgot the mic stand, so the microphone is sitting between three pillows, two couch cushions, and a blanket. Yeah, so the sound quality may be a little interesting. It might be different this episode. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe I don't know, we'll find out. Hey, okay. Now, as we press forward, yes, we have one other extra podcast deal yes, thing we do to discuss. So, I've heard from a few of you. That I'm a little hard on Robert Jordan slash James Oliver Rigney Jr. Uh, on occasion. <laughs> I I have heard your feelings about our hero, the man, the myth, the legend. RJ himself. RJ himself. And his particularly his attitude towards breasts. Particularly his attitude toward breasts. Now, my feelings about that are this. I am a person that comes from a family who expresses their love for each other. Their love language is giving each other a hard time. A gentle roast. And I think... A toast, if you will. Yes. We like to roast and toast one another all the time. Um, And so when I am critical, playfully critical, or uh, call someone an old pervert, it is... Less that I actually think that they're an old pervert and more of a loving uh, of a loving gesture on my part. A jibe. A jibe. Um, I don't actually think Robert Jordan is an old pervert. And in truth, thank God for that old pervert. And, and as truth, our thank God for that old pervert. Some time ago says. But literally, I, Gus can attest to this. I call my dad an old pervert. Yes. Like, that's kind of the relationship that we have. So I guess I am referring to Robert Jordan in a real way as like a literary father figure, which I know is weird because we've never met. But, um, you know, that's just where we're at because I've spent a lot of time with his work. Do I think he's an excellent writer? Yes. Am I very invested in his works? Yes. Do I also acknowledge that he was trying to do something very revolutionary at the time that he was writing? Yes. Do I also feel like, We've come a long way since then. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, yes. And I think it's val- valid to bring those things up every now and then. But does that diminish what I think he's accomplished? No. So, but I also acknowledge that sometimes my sense of humor can be a little bit gearing toward the negative. And I am trying to create a more positive mindset, especially come 2021. It's a bit of my resolution. So, in the spirit of that New Year's resolution of being a slightly more positive person, without completely rewriting my personality, um, I have crafted with Gus a love poem for Robert Jordan and his works as a way of saying, old pervert, we love you Mm -hmm. um, and all that you've done for us this year. Um, 
Yes. And Gus was heavily involved because I came up with this idea after receiving a very valid question about why I was being so hard on Robert Jordan on our Discord. And then I decided to really commit to the bit by saying that I would write a love poem. And then in true my style, decided that uh, I would come up with this wild plan. And then Gus would do a lot of the legwork of actually making it a possibility because he decided to also then turn to me and go, oh, it's got to be a sonnet. sonnet. Um, You've got to make it rhyme. And And it's got to be in iambic pentameter. So as you may or may not know, oftentimes sonnets are titled after their first line so this sonnet is titled for robert jordan also known as jim yes and it goes thusly <clears throat> let me get in my optimum, optimum pitch. pitch uh mm-hmm. ba 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 good warm-up ba 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 okay for robert jordan also known as jim i'm sorry baby for the things i've said my friends have asked why you so rough on him i think it's time we put this all to bed You're not the only one to love the breast. Myself, I keep a couple close to heart. And yet your books shine out above the rest. The women in them play a vital part. You take us on adventures far and wide, providing endless laughter, tears, and bits. You've helped us find escape while trapped inside and tackled subjects far more real than tits. So thank you, Jim, for everything you do. Our podcast would be nothing without you. Now, am I a poet? Fuck no. You are now. I am now. I've written a damn poem. We're publishing. Everyone buy it for your loved ones for Valentine's Day. Um, But yeah, we we love Robert Jordan. We rib him sometimes. But truly, diving into his works and meeting all of you has been really one of the highlights and joys of this year. And I thank you and I thank him for all of that. Yay. Yay. All right. Now so, let's talk about the book. Here's my question, Allie. Yes. Where did we leave off? Where? No. Oh, a poem that I wrote. Sure. With you. Sure. So nicely. It was beautiful. Just now. That's where we left I'm off. I'm particularly fond of the line, I keep a couple very close to heart. Mm-hmm. That was fun. You wrote that. It was truly one of your best jokes of all time. Thank you. But I can never tell it because I do not have breasts. You could tell it. Sure. Just, you know. With people who know you. Sure. Uh, We left off with someone who is giving you complicated feelings. Oh, that could describe everyone. They involved guillotines at one point. Oh, on it. Okay, so I don't know what's up with her. Mm. Because here I am thinking she's a bad news bear. Okay, I think she's bad news. And then all of a sudden she goes, I donate to soup kitchens. And I go, I fund a soup kitchen. Do myself. We, we contain I have multitudes. my own soup kitchen. We all contain multitudes, don't we? We're, no one's completely evil, right? Except for maybe Leandrin and Sarah. She's and pretty bad. Maybe the Forsaken. They're pretty bad. Yeah, but we but there's a spectrum of evil. Mm-hmm. There's just grace. like there's a spectrum of good. Mm-hmm. Certainly, right? We can't all be Mother Teresa. I guess she was kind of controversial too, though. Was she racist? I don't remember. I seem to recall. There was something. Now someone's going to write to me and be like, why are you mean to Mother Teresa? <laughs> she did a lot of wonderful stuff. I mean, she does it Does it detract from the fact that she did wonderful stuff? No. No. Is it also important to acknowledge? Yes. Heck yeah. Allie, this coming chapter is called A Cup of Wine. Yeah. And uh, just one cup of wine. A singular Just cup? one cup that someone drank. What? Who drank oh. one cup of wine? I didn't realize we'd get here so fast. Yeah. I'm so excited. 
This is the chapter right. logo. What is this? Here's the, it's a harp. It's a harp. Yeah. This is, this book in general has really upped the comedy. Oh my and God. I am living for oh it. Oh my, I, I think you described it this morning as horny Lord of the Rings. It is horny Lord and of I'm the Rings. I'm so happy about that. It's horny Lord of the Rings, but funny mm-hmm. too. Because I feel like love... Love me some Lord of the Rings. There's not a lot. Of, there's some humor. There's some. So don't come for me. But Barely like, any in the books. With Merry and Pippin, there's a lot. But other than Merry and Pippin, there's it's not. It's And Gimli, to some extent. And it's then stoic. Legolas, by extension. And Robert Jordan is so... Or not Robert... And I don't uh, know how much of that is the movies. Most of it's the movies. Tolkien, yeah. Tolkien is so Catholic that um, nothing against Catholicism, nothing against, but we're just covering our asses. Tolkien is, so, <laughs> Tolkien is so Catholic that like Aragorn and Arwen are virgins until they get married, which good for you. If that's which, your choice, you know that's what? fine. Valid. Not mine. Sorry, mom. But uh, uh, she's like, that's OK, son. <laughs> Proud of you. Uh, Robert Jordan in particular, because he's writing 20 year old boys and girls, mostly is very aware of the fact that people are horny. I just pictured you saying that, Mary going, what? She would do that. No, she wouldn't. And then she would start laughing. She wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, She's like, brand new information. I had no idea. Uh, No idea. Um, But yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I feel like this is a slightly more, like if, if, if Tolkien just sort of like loosened the butthole a little bit. Unclenched. Just, just unclenched, a smidge. Just a little bit. Now I'm going to have to write a poem to Tolkien. Plenty of people have written poems to Tolkien. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't think that's uh, going to be, one be of, fresh. I'll be one of many. Um, but yeah, so um, this, but chapter, this chapter <laughs> truly. It, it's up. It's my now top three funniest moments of the Wheel of Time thus far. It's pretty goddamn good. It's, it's uh, uh, I've I've come up with my three. The my top three are uh, Perrin saying that thing about Berylaine to Fael. Yeah, I I'm still recovering oh from how God. funny that was. I, it's still like I I'm still like on the verge of laughter every time I think about Talking it. Talking about and the, then, she looks a pleasant armful Berylaine. <laughs> The word choice. The fact that it's so proper and so horny at the same time. (laughs) And then the second one is Avienda just feeling like she needs to describe Elaine's boobs to Rand. And just the like fun. I love how much Robert Jordan plays with the um, intermingling of cultures. cultures. And how like how like there's so much confusion that happens. Like I think that's one of my I think it's Canada where where somebody goes, well, in a native language, it just means place. Yeah. And so somebody, some explorer came up to a tribe of people and went, what's this place called? And they went, Canada, which just means, oh, you mean like this place? And then uh, <laughs> they were like, Canada, Canada it is. is. What's like I believe the- it was Canada, but now I can't remember. There's a There's a similar scene in the movie Arrival, which the character then admits is not true. But as an example, she says, these explorers went to Australia and they pointed at a kangaroo and they said, what do you call that? And the other guys, the, the, the native folks that they were, the aboriginal people they were talking to said kangaroo. And the, they went kangaroo and walked off. And kangaroo means I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, 
that's not yeah. actually true. But, but, but Arrival is a great, a great movie great about movie. the same sort of thing. But it's about the same sort of thing. It's like, how do you communicate with people that don't have a lot of cultural reference for what you're saying? And they have the advantage of speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. So that does get rid of some of it. But I love it that he plays the, so much with the, the nuance. It makes the disagreements funnier. Yeah. In my opinion. It does. And so, and so her think, not thinking twice about describing what Elaine looks like naked. Naked. For, it's funny for two reasons. One, because she's trying to get him away from her, I think, <laughs> so that she doesn't have to deal with, like, you know, actually having sex with him, because imagine. But also, but also because this is something that they would actually do in their culture. Like, yeah, she's like, normal. she needs a sister for this. And yeah. it's like, so. She's wingmanning. In, so this is your extreme wingmanning that your culture does. Nice. I'm into it. It's I would also like to have a girlfriend describe me in such glowing terms. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I love. And then there's this one. And mm-hmm. I, it's in no particular order, but this is one of the yeah. funniest. That's had some fun parallels in real life, too, because a lot of the people who listen to our podcast are not American. And we have a lot of ethnocentric ideas about, you know, propriety and word choice and things like that. And folks who are not have not grown up in the exact same little bubble of culture that we have reach out to us and go like, well, why do you why this? Why that? Why is this funny? Why is this funny? Why is this not funny? I don't get this joke about words or like, I don't see how this is a problem. And the, the, the instinctive thing to go is to like pearl clutch and go, what do you mean you don't get how that could be? But that's the, that's ethnocentric of us. So this has given us a wonderful opportunity to go like, oh, right. This isn't like just something that we've taken for granted is something that's ingrained or something that everybody knows um, or a reference that everybody identifies with or whatever is is not necessarily not true. And that's everywhere. what's really cool about we the little global are, community we're a part we of. We are the Aiel. Or are we... We are the wetlanders. We want to be the Aiel, but yeah. we're the wetlanders. <laughs> and it's been wonderful to uh, to explore the real world while we explore the fictional world while we're stuck in our house. Yeah, it's true. Robert Jordan has really brought us on he an sure adventure has. of two different kinds. Anyway, we've been going on for we've a while. We've been chatting do you for have a bit. Notes for chapter I do. thirty-nine. Oh, I think it's going to be really long because I had a lot of good. feelings. Good. Um, so just buckle up. Okay. So Elaine, Elaine says something along the lines of, and I'm going to paraphrase because I did not write it down <laughs> because I just keep assuming I'm going to in the future know what I'm talking about, which is not what happens. That's but, the charm. I said, uh, Elaine says something about the fact that uh, Tom and Joylin seem to think that they're not competent enough to track down Black Aja. And I went, I mean, you're not competent enough to look for Black Aja. So their read is correct. Yep. You're not even full sisters. They keep seeming to forget but the fact that they are sisters, I know. not full sisters and overestimating their abilities. The fact that Swan sent them on this quest is weird. Mm-hmm. It is weird. She has her reasons. But it's weird, and I understand from any adult's perspective who is outside of the sphere of knowledge why this would seem like a bizarre, unexpected decision. Okay. Okay, but is it wrong that I ship Elaine and the Seafolk Lady? Uh, no, and then I, don't I think wrote so. that, and then I said it to Gus, and Gus goes, She's like 70. And I went, They did not make that clear. <laughs> well, she's a channeler, you know? So, so it's. It's not this. It's not as big a deal, I guess. I'm like, just saying. I felt like there was tension, a but scene. I also seem to be, for some reason, only when I read this book, 
to be like the horniest weirdo <laughs> in the world. There's a scene in the first Malazan book where there's like this 18-year-old commander and he's talking to this 300-year-old sorceress who looks like she's 30. And then they start fucking. And it's so fucking weird when you read it because it is specifically because like Jordan is really good at writing tension and sexual he you know is. exploration. And I again will say I Erickson's not I've said this before. I've said this before about Robert Jordan. I really appreciate that while while we do, do give him a hard time about paying attention to boobs and inordinate amount, he's never he's not going to write the full sex scene. He's no, going to do he a cut does. to black. He's going to do it's going to be classy, um, which I think actually makes it more interesting. Yeah, because he's so good at writing the tension and the build leading up to it. And I like I I I saw this meme i think you showed it to me about how people are like yeah watching a tv show an american tv show where they bang in episode one like oh whatever and then it goes watching an anime where yeah. you know the lead characters lock eyes for a second and then look or away like the main characters you're like on the floor melting dead. finally hold hands or like an episode, brush fingers in episode, in episode 11. five yeah and i go this is kind of how i feel about this because like i feel like in lord of the rings it's almost it's too much tension like i go oh my god can we just yeah but with robert jordan i feel like you know he does deliver on it it's just in a cut to black well, it's you like, know we're not we're not getting you know blue balls here yeah yeah it's it's not the george martin like very specific description of what every single fold of someone's labia feels like <gasps> which like i don't want that i don't i don't want that it's it's also not the lord of the rings thing where aragorn and arwen like just look at each other from across the room because they're not married yet because touching is sin yeah but we we have this nice middle ground of a guy who acknowledges that we all have human needs and wants yeah and he'll deliver on those, but it's not going to be graphic. It's not going to be gross. I'm not going to feel like I need to take a shower afterward. Well, you did have to take a cold shower after <laughs> Lan picked up and kissed Nynaeve that one time. <laughs> Call me out right now. <laughs> it's a hot scene. It's a oh. Uh, Apparently, there's a there's a, a clip from Spoiler Con, honestly, or, or Jordan Con of Kate Redding and Michael Kramer reading that scene. Oh, it's over. And I guess it's just like everyone had to take a break afterward. <laughs> I I understand. I yeah. understand. Yeah, he's good at writing romance without being gross, you know? And I think that is – and I, I've complimented him on that before. Like that there's boobs, but he doesn't go into like where the veins are, you know? I don't or how big know. the nipples are. I don't need to know what I don't know anything like. about anyone's nipples in this series. Honestly, so the fact that we can that. debate about whether or not someone is big-chested. Yeah, we did that on Discord yesterday for like 20 minutes. Oh, we were minutes. like, does Elaine have, a bi- have big boobs or no? Because there's fan art of Elaine with like E-cups. And I just go... And it's like, that doesn't res- seem right. Respectfully and kindly. Those are not naturally reoccurring in most women. And like, can we celebrate... The small tatas. Yes. Like, you can have small tatas and be quite the fox. See, this is what we mean when we say we don't mind that Jordan talks about boobs. We're talking about boobs right now. We love boobs. We love boobs. We love them. Um, Do I think about them all the time as a woman going about my day-to-day business? Only if I'm running downstairs in an unsupportive bra. (laughs) Do I think about my boobs at all? Because that hurts a lot. Yeah. But otherwise, not really. Um, my necklaces are never in relation to where my breasts are. 
Um, so, you know, sometimes we give them a hard time, mm. but okay. I think we're half an hour in and we're on your first You note. know what? That's fine. I don't mind. We can cut if we need to. Okay, so someone resembling a certain character shows up, and I immediately went, Doobie? (laughs) And then I wrote, oh my god, he's here. The legend, Bill Doman. The legend, Bill Doman himself, has rolled up onto the ship. Love it. Love that for all of us. It's everything we've ever wanted. King. Okay. Then I wrote... For some reason, and I don't remember why. Yeah, religious extremists suck. Oh, because... White cloaks. No. Not white cloaks. No, because the dragon people... Oh, yeah, the dragon swarm. ...are making things suck for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be better. You know, on on all sides, extremism is a rough rough look. Okay? Let's all just calm down. Take a chill pill. It's all going to be fine. (sighs) Elaine, hate to tell you, but your mom's not giving a duck about your about the poor right now either. <laughs> oh, yeah. She she looks around and is very Judge Judy about this whole thing. And I go, honey, like things aren't looking so hot in Andor either. Yeah. No. So let's uh, and Kyrian, calm down on the judgment. Kyrian is on fire. Is on fire. It's literally a ball of fire. <laughs> all right. I wrote in all caps. Pretty sus. Yeah, usually. Everyone who's beautiful is sus. Okay. Also, everyone is sus. All people. Everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Never trust. Okay. Anybody. Uh, okay. And then Elaine goes, does anyone here care about the poor? And I went, no, stupid. An entire city of people and not one person gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just, she just gets a little sanctimonious to me sometimes. And I went, she's, what an asshole question. She's like 17. <laughs> Give her a break. Like I went, there are other ways to ask that question that are less absolutely offensive yeah. to the person you're asking. But whatever. Um, I lost place. my place. Okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, the legend. Yeah. Okay. Paying your taxes is the bare minimum for not being guillotined, lady. So let's not be self-congratulatory, eh? Yep. Yeah, she goes, yeah, she goes, I pay my taxes and I donate. And I go, okay. Good. But you, are people out there going like, wow, me paying my taxes? Like, congratulations, self. Like, that is literally what you're on this planet to do as an adult person is like contribute back to society. Why is that exceptional behavior? Oh, pay your fucking taxes. All right. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're But also not because it's true. Uh, Yeah. I mean, of course, there is hot nuance within that, but this we're, you're not here for my hot nuance. Let's just preemptively say every single sweeping claim we make has nuance to it that we are deliberately ignoring in the name of comedy. Yeah, because I'm sorry, <laughs> you don't want my essay about taxes. <laughs> like, we only have so much time. Yes. Okay. Ha ha ha. Girlfriend is fucked up. She's lit. Oh. My oh my God. God! There's a Allie's live reaction to this on Instagram. I'll it's link there. it below. It's it's great. I felt I had to pause this every thirty seconds. every thirty seconds because she was being so embarrassing and cringy that I like 
I have a really hard time when somebody is embarrassing themselves. I can't watch it. I get too upset. I, it 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 physically makes me ill. <laughs> and I, she was being so embarrassing, but in such a delicious way. But she was being so embarrassing. Uh. And I identified with how embarrassing she is because I have this unfortunate habit where when I'm too drunk, I find a stairwell and I just start crying. Yes, she does. And, like if Gus loses me at a party, it's because I'm too drunk and I found a stairwell to start crying. In. Election night 2016 was just everyone taking turns crying in the stairs. You know what? Stairwells are a great place to cry because people don't go in them very often. Well, and then when they do, you could be like, get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. Be dramatic. Because when you're crying, when you're drunk, you don't want to be alone, but you want to look like you want to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in Elaine's case, she doesn't want to be alone at all. Oh, let's let's continue. We're going to continue. Did our girl get roofied? Trust no hotman. I got a little nervous when she no, was like, this legit. hot boy keeps coming over and giving me alcohol. And I go, ah. but that's because I trust no man. Ask. I go, did more gays tell you to never drink, leave your drink alone at a bar? I hope so. Probably not. I'm concerned. Okay. And then I wrote, okay, I think she's just fucked up. She is. Yeah, she's just really run-of-the-mill fucked, fucked up. up. So I don't, because I, I was a little concerned. Because also, like, there's Black Aja out there maybe looking to roofie her. Yep. You know, so I was, you know, concerned. Okay. So then I wrote, okay, I, but I know our girl is not looking to hit on Tom right now. Yes, please say no. My heart can't take it. My heart can't take how cringy that would be. Luckily, yeah, that didn't happen she was just weird. She was just weird. She was run-of-the-mill weird mm-hmm. instead of horrifying to me. Okay. All caps. <laughs> Tom answering the door like any city woman in a ground floor apartment. Okay. So Tom answers the door with a knife in his hand and then hurriedly puts it away. And I went, so Tom, true crime podcasts. Am I right? Like that's what he does when he's alone. He goes, this is how I'm going to figure out how to like what <laughs> beat the like horrible people that are trying to stab me all the time to be fair people are trying to stab him all the time i people seem to be trying to stab me all the time if like you know the statistics are to be believed okay but yes they made me laugh really hard um okay oh there was a period of time when i lived in new york city but i lived in a really shady apartment because uh, I didn't do the research beforehand before moving in because I trusted a friend of a friend. Don't ever trust your friends of friends. You don't know them. No degrees of separation when you are apartment hunting. So I lived in this apartment. And then, so I was their subletter. And then there were two other subletters that came in because everyone left for the summer to go home. And so I'm living my ass 20 20 years old with two 30 year old men no lock on my door ground floor apartment my room's facing the street and i had no bars on my window i thought i was gonna die i slept with a knife under my pillow for three months anyway <laughs> i was really into starcraft at and this point there so were mice i would skype ally late at night and then she would go to sleep and we would leave the camera on because i would stay up later mm-hmm. and uh so you could watch me so sleeping. I would play StarCraft and I would just kind of put Allie's little sleeping face in the window at the bottom right. And every 20 seconds or so, I just kind of check down and be like, yep, she's fine. I was convinced. If, if ever I was going to be murdered, it, it was, was that there. Yeah. couple months. Did so, you follow home like three times? Three times. Yeah. Three times. I couldn't go out past 8 p.m. It was a lot. Ugh. Really sketch neighborhood. All right. This is so cringe. Please, God, Elaine, go back to your room, you drunko. Oh, 
It just keeps going. You know, it just got worse and worse. It just keeps going. She just made it worse and worse for herself. And I I was like clutching at my face. I could I couldn't handle it. It was so funny. And then I got mad at Nynaeve. <laughs> and I went, who let Elaine go drinking alone? <laughs> who did that? Yeah. And then I remembered that she got seasick and whatever, and that's not her fault. But I also went, This is why you don't go to the bar without your girlfriend. Yep. They can help you. They can get you home. And then I said, this is so embarrassing. I can't with this. I just couldn't handle it. I just really couldn't. And I went, Elaine is two minutes away from crying in a stairwell level drunk. <laughs> so I guess I did talk about the stairwell. Oh, so I was trying to be Tom, trying to delicately bl- break the news to Elaine that um, he used to sleep with her mom. And this is how I chose to do it. Uh, your mother used to sample my sausage. Oh, God. <laughs> There's a scene in another fantasy series <laughs> where a, a guy breaks the news to his... This this woman used to be married to this guy's brother, and then his brother dies. And then seven years later, they start, like, courting a little bit, but he he's, he's wary of it because he's like, that's not appropriate. And then at the very end of the book, he gets in a fight with the woman's son, who is a king, and he, like, thrashes the dude in a fight... And then goes, by the way, I'm going to fuck your mom. Uh, I just wanted to make sure you knew that. That just, that just makes everything worse. <laughs> Wait, it was it was his uncle who yes, said this? Yes. You know, I just feel like you never want to be in a relationship where someone can genuinely turn to you and go, that's not how your brother used to do it. Uh. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what series it is. Even it's worse, series, like, I'm like, if Elaine does end up hitting on Tom, which I... I'm concerned. Um, You never want someone who could go like, that's not how your mom used to do it. Like, "Ah." okay, that's it. That's all that I have. I'm not going to go too far down that road. Don't comment. I'm just concerned. Yeah. Okay. Then I wrote in all caps because they revealed that Morgays and Gareth Bryn were doing it. Yes, and they I are. went, what? Big news. I fucking called it. Yes, I did. Did I not say? I was like, she... She's going to need something to fill the hole in her heart. <laughs> you didn't mean to do that, did no, you? No, I did. Okay, you did. <laughs> but I was just oh, trying not God. to be the grossest. Okay. Did I not say that more gays than Gareth Brashamayel were doing the deed? Gus, confirm. You did, you did. I did Several times. say it. Okay. Then I wrote, this is meet the parents level cringe. Yes, it is. So when I think about something cringy, I always compare it to whether or not it's it makes me as physically uncomfortable and ill as meet the parents does. <laughs> this the movie, one. The movie starring. The uh, film starring ben Stiller, ben Stiller and what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro? It is Robert De Niro. Yeah. Very good Thank guess. Thank you. I, I could never not remember. There were other important people in it too, but. Those are the two I remember off the top. But fuck them. Owen Wilson is in it, I think. Straight white men only. Owen Wilson's also in it. Okay. Straight white men only. We only care about straight white men. That is not true at all. As you can tell from having listened to all of this podcast, we only give a fuck about straight women. Okay. We only like them. Women, we hate them. They're not real. Non-binary? Hate them. No. We don't. No, wait, okay. We definitely don't. Roll back. (laughs) Rolling that back. Okay. Did she just slut shame her own mother? Yes, she did. My mom's, My mom's big. Oh, what? 
<laughs> basically barreling. Like, barreling. Like we've talked about women not supporting other women. How dare you? What? The audacity of slut shaming your own mother. Ungodly. I, Unbelievable. Though this one time, Sarah, my mother, came to me because <laughs> she would get, she used to give me a hard time about how I would dress. And then she came to me with like a see through black shirt and a black bra underneath it. And I was like, oh my God, slut. <laughs> how old were you? 16. Yeah, yeah. Right. But <laughs> and then that was like a big joke to us for a long time. So I guess I too slut shamed my own mom. But it was because like she would go like, because I was becoming very chesty and she'd be like, are you sure you want to wear that shirt to school? And I would go, yes, yes. And then it would be like a moment of tension. So I just decided to break it by calling out my own mom. That's funny. But that is different because I was calling her out first. Okay, but continuing. <laughs> um, and then I wrote, oh, because she slut shamed her own mom and Barrelane in the same breath. Murder. The rare double slut shame. Aggressive too much. We all aspire to being that problematic in a single sentence. It's wild. Someone call Elaine and say women support other women. Mm-hmm. Please and thank you. I'm honestly in hell. I cannot listen to someone embarrass themselves this much in such a short period of time. <laughs> honestly, that slap was deserved. Kinda. I mean, I don't advocate for violence. Yeah. I don't advocate for violence against women. But I did want to slap her in that moment. And then, and then Tom did. Tom did. And I went, all right. All right. Well. He slapped her, then he hugged her. Talk shit, get hit. You know? Talk mm-hmm. shit, get hit. How dare you be? Oh, something she said, but I'm right. not sure she what it was. She said a lot of stuff. Tom is ex-boyfriend goals. This woman tried to have him executed, and he's not going <laughs> to speak any shit about her. Not a word. Because honestly, if anyone has license to talk about their ex-girlfriend and go, she's nuts. It's the guy. It's who- Tom. <laughs> He literally escaped the headsman's axe. And I go, you know what? Take note, everybody. Okay. Elaine, do not speak to me about hoe behavior when you're making out with Randon literally every corner. Constantly. I was not done roasting her. Constantly. I was not done. I, I went, I went, really? We're going to talk about this right now? To clarify, now? we are applauding that behavior. We are applauding that behavior. When we say hoe behavior, we mean it in a uplifting sense. We are sex positively all about hoe behavior, but I just don't stand women who are hypocrites. Elaine, daddy issues, tracand. Yeah. God damn it, Taryn Gale. That's her name. God damn it, Taryn Gale. Yeah, I guess if Taryn Gale were my dad, I'd probably have issues too. All right, we'll get we'll cut her some slack. This is a great thread I saw recently that was like, why do we blame young women for having abandonment issues with men in their lives when it's the men who abandoned them. That's so real. Yeah. Wow. People go like, oh, she has daddy issues. It's like, yeah, because her yeah, dad was her a dad dick. Yeah, because her dad sucked. Like, why? What, okay, what, let me why get is on. that her fault? I'm going to put the soapbox down right now. I'm going to step on it right now. Why is the bar so low for fathers in our country, in America? I don't know about other places, but a dad's literally changing a diaper and everyone's giving him a standing ovation. Who the fuck do you think changes those other fucking diapers? Yeah, it's... it's uh. It's it's not good. Yeah. The bar should not be, wow, he's an adequate parent. What's the is a phrase people go like, oh, I'm I'm on babysitting duty. It's like, no, you're, you're spending not time. Babysitting with your, your child. fucking child. Yeah. No. We have no Bad. frame of reference for this. We don't have children. I just take issue with the 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 lexicon. Anyway. We've been around on. children yeah. before. 
I've seen a child on the street and I just assume you will support me when I have one in actually doing 50% of the work because you did 50% of the work bringing in the fucking oh, world. Yeah. Anyway, that's my feeling. Stop praising men for being like actual parents. If you're not going to say it about a woman and say that's remarkable, don't say it about a man either. Mm. Fuck that. That being said, my dad's pretty awesome. All right. <sighs> Elaine, literally every divorced mommy has boyfriends. Will you relax? What's she supposed to do? Let cobwebs grow up there? <laughs> I'm not done roasting her for that. Okay. All caps. Go drink several propel and go to sleep. Yep. Gotta hydrate. If you're too drunk, drink as much water as you can. And take Advil if you can. Yeah. Also, if you've been drinking red wine, if you have a magnesium supplement, shockingly effect. My mother is a doctor. Hi, mom. And uh, she she turned me on to magnesium after red wine, and it works really well. I don't wake up with my heart pounding in a gallon of sweat at two in the morning. And for some reason, you've kept this little. I told you that you were there. Well, you were drunk at the time. Bold of you, bold of you to assume I remember anything. You know who I am. Mm. Why would you sue? True. Okay. All caps. That was the funniest line in the fucking books. Girl is wasted. Okay, this is what she said. Okay, she got, she opens the door. Nynaeve is lying in bed with her elbows out because Nynaeve is a selfish sleeper and honestly, same. So don't attack me. That's <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I take my space. I'm a woman who's taking up space. Good. And Nynaeve gets up and goes, hey, what's up? And Elaine goes, Rand thinks I'm crazy. Tom is a bard. Beryllane isn't my mom after all. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Robert. Oh, my God. (sighs) Game recognizes game. That was the fucking most brilliant line you've ever said. Because how many of us, who among us has not been so inebriated that they've said something out loud that they think makes sense? Only for them to realize that that was fucking stupid that they just said that. First of all, I'm trying to steer away from crazy because I know it's ableist, but this is a direct quote from the books. Um, But it's the best line in the entire series thus far. She, (laughs) I, I know that one time I was very inebriated and I was watching some stupid TLC reality show and the guy starts talking about how you know, in order to propose to his girlfriend, he looked up the most romantic places in their town and then went to one of them. And I thought, this guy's a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran from the bathroom where I was watching the show while I was brushing my teeth. I ran to Gus and I went, Gus, who was sober as like a Sunday school teacher. And I ran to Gus and I went, Gus, this is the most brilliant idea I, I've ever had. We should write down all of the romantic places in Chicago and we should go there. And he I, goes... I looked up and I went... Oh? And? And? Like, and I went, that's it. <laughs> and then I re- like then I heard it and I went, that was the dumbest thing I've ever said to another human being. It was so embarrassing. But oh my God, that's what just happened. And it was incredible. Anyway, love it. Barreline isn't my mom. Nynaeve has no choice but to look at her and go, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> okay. So then they go and like lean over this basin or whatever. And mm-hmm. I thought in my head, I was like, is Nynaeve about to pull her trig? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about pulling her trig. I think it's disgusting. But I was also going to be like, wow, respect Nynaeve. You really will go all out for your friends. Then 
while I think Nynaeve's about to help her, Nynaeve waterboards the shit out of her. <laughs> Here I am thinking this is going to be some like girl positive friendship moment. And Nynaeve just dunks her ass right in the water. Repeatedly. So fucking funny. Okay. Then I wrote in all caps, what? I did not learn about waterboarding and alcohol ed. No. Did not. That's so funny. Like every every college in America makes you take an alcohol education course because how they, not to die how not to die people are and how not to let other people, people die sometimes because people don't know and you don't want to let people die and who among us hasn't had to call the ambulance for someone once at some on, point at some point i mean i know i have i had to call for you once oh that's a really embarrassing story yeah. and i don't think i'm ready to tell that <laughs> okay, story <yeah. laughs> this is going to be like a good tease okay um <laughs> One day I will be bold enough to tell the story of the drunkest I've ever been and how fucking embarrassing I was. It is not today. If Knife doesn't turn to Elaine and go tomorrow and go, you had fun last night, she's not a real friend. Yep. 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 <laughs> I only had one cup in that. Oh, she goes, I only had one cup of wine. And I go, I only had one cup in that I drank from the same cup. <laughs> Girl, you're sauced. Yeah. And then, and then Elaine thinks to herself about Nynaeve's ring that Lan gave her. And she's like, it, it, she always wears it between her breasts and I went oh my god Robert enough about the boob ring so you know as much as I apologize to Robert about that earlier um, in this I particular still case, meant it um, it's around her neck it's just it just seems unnecessary I've never in my life thought wow know. this is between my bosom um, unless she like plays around with it and like tries to see if her nipple fits in it then I don't see why you bring up breasts. okay so I've done that like one time yeah, <laughs> Come after me. Okay. LOL knife, why are you in a leather dominatrix outfit? <laughs> oh, because, okay, so I think she's in the dream world at this point. Yes, we switched to Nynaeve's perspective. And then she starts thinking about Lan, and I go, well, what's she going to, like, what's she going to wear? Because we, we've been set up now that when you think about your boyfriend, because she's been talking about, like, I suddenly find myself in certain Certain States. garb, certain unexpected garb. When I uh, think about Lan and I'm like, so lingerie, basically. Yeah. Um, and then I went, uh, and then I just had to go there. Yeah. In that, you know. And then I went, who is this Slayer? Because you see someone kind of like knocking on Roydian's door, basically, or poking at Roydian. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, maybe it's Slayer. What is he doing there? I don't know. And then I wrote, Brigitta, here to fight the Nazis with song. That's the way to do it. That's how you do it. That's how you fight Nazis. Start singing at them. How many times can this woman say, get the fuck out? <laughs> Honestly. That's kind of her Get MO the right hint, now. Knife. Knife, that was a lame-ass threat. Oh, she starts going, you'll see what I'm going to do to you. When I'm going to hit you or something. Like yeah. It was very lame. Okay, Knife. I went, okay, honey, you got to work on your comebacks here. And I think that was intentional. So I'm not coming for Robert. I'm coming for Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Oh, Slayer, yeah. I stand by it, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Slayer being Slayer. Oh, he looks like Lan, does he? Interesting. What What an interesting thing that has happened, that he looks like Lan, man, man dragon. 
Mandragoran. Mandragon. Or Mandragoran. Mandragon. There's a... There's a he is a dragon who's also a man. Recording I saw once of Brandon Sanderson reading part of one of the prologues, and he goes, Alan Mandragoran. What? And I was like, Mandragoran? Upsetting. Mandragoran? <clears throat> Upsetting. I guess he would know. Oh, if it isn't Esau Mandragon. <laughs> I fucking knew it. They have the same face because they're cousins or uncles or some shiz. Cousins. Cousins or uncles or stuff. The family tree. There are some really interesting Wheel of Time family trees out there that I will show you someday. Do they I look a little like you know. my Sims family trees? They, they are. Um, <laughs> I like dramatic Sims play. They're tangled. Yeah. I'll say. As are my Sims uh, there's, family trees. There's nothing you would see in a Crusader Kings game, but they're tangled. Okay. Well, then they go, okay, so Slayer was not the same person as the person before. So I went, oh, okay, so they're different people. Okay, so then I thought, okay, so the Roydian dude is Asmodian then. Gus just asked how he know anything about Roydian. Gus goes, well, how would Asmodian know anything about Roydian? And I went, because of Matt, Gus. Matt was talking to that Gleeman all about Roydian. And who do I think is the Gleeman? As Frickin' Modian. Why is it as Modian of all people? Because it's the only one I know. Okay, that's... You know Magedian. You've heard the name Magedian. That's, that's a, a woman. woman. Okay, fine. Next. Okay. Do not come for me with my textual receipts the size of one from CVS. <laughs> oh, the bebe Elaine. <laughs> now, if you could have given her some herb Advil... In the morning, she wished she were dead. Yes. I went... Nynaeve definitely had the ability to give oh, her yeah. some herb Advil. Oh, And yeah. just definitely dealt with drunk people in two rivers. Oh, yeah. Where do you think she learned to waterboard? Well, there was also that other lady who liked to waterboard people. Apparently, waterboarding is popular among the wisdoms. <laughs> yeah. I Questions, guess. comments, concerns. Oh, shit. Maybe that's where she got this idea. Maybe. That's what I was thinking. Oh, hell yeah. I oh, was I like, oh, that. she's taking the waterboarding advice to heart. Look at that. And then I said, tissue. wait, Knife definitely did this on purpose to teach her a lesson. What a petty bee. Yeah. Because I go, she definitely had the ability to clear up her headache and definitely knew how to clear up her headache the next morning and chose, chose not, not to. to. <gasps> Ninety. And you know, it's not Elaine's fault. That's anyway, not true friendship. We'll come to this later. Go ahead. Keep going. Women are not supporting other women. <laughs> no. Yeah. Wine hangovers are particularly painful hangover. Mm-hmm. Oof. Do not envy. I feel like the older we've gotten, and granted, that's not very old. We're in our 20s. I've, I'm increasingly aware, because I keep going, oh, we're ancient, we're adults, and everyone goes, shut up. 90% of our viewers go, how about you go fuck yourself yeah, instead? Shut up. Um, I, <laughs> fuck right off with that. Um, I, uh, what was I going to say? I, but the older I've gotten, the more, the less I recover from, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's harder. From wine, it's especially. Wine in particular is a painful juice. We might be goofy for the next several episodes because we're just going all in on using our vacation to record podcasts because it's fun. Because it's fun. We like it. So, like, it's December 22nd today. It's. But also, Gus won't let me read on until we record more podcasts. He was like, no, 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 honey. After this, it gets very spoilery and I don't want you to know anything about it. And I went, but. But you can't just do that to me. I now have Watt Blue Balls. Yeah, so we're in big vacation mode, but also big podcasting mode. There's got to be like an ovary version of Blue Balls. I don't know. Uh, getting cysty? <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> what? It's not. It's 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 unpleasant. It's more unpleasant. The, oh no! I I'm on board with your train of thought. I just didn't expect it. Getting sisty. All right, we're, I got sisty. You got sisty. Oh, I hate it so it's much. It's bad. It makes me so uncomfortable. We're coming up with phrases in this podcast. Okay. Hashtag luckbender. What happened to Julian? He looks as rough as Elaine feels. Yep. Goodness. But he knows how to hold his liquor. I mean, I think he just got beaten the shit out of a couple times. Because he was like, thieves in this city. It's been fun for a thief Well, catcher. he was going from like dive bar to dive bar oh so he's also a little soft he's also very hung over but he knows how to deal with it well you know you've got to train your liver yeah tread lightly julian you legit get one more chance <laughs> well he's doing all right so far right so far yeah so good but don't get caught by My man black aja that and get hypnotized and fuck everything up for us don't do it ah uh, this cute little contest between these two Tom and Julian just dick measuring away. Yeah. And then Nynaeve goes, ugh, men. And I go, yeah, men, am I right? It's not like I, Nynaeve Almira, have ever been ridiculously competitive with any woman ever. (laughs) I've never heard of a Moraine. Am I I right? what that is. I'll call you out. I'll call you all out. (laughs) Oh, and then I said, but they don't know Julian? Yeah, because because Tom and Joylin were like, oh, we can go spy on them. They don't know us. And it's like, and they went, compulsed they, you, my dude. I know. I, I went, but they definitely know you. They full bore compulsed Tom, you. Tom, they don't know. But Julian, they they literally, they literally caressed your face yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Not okay. in a fun way. And not in a fun way. And then I said, yeah, this is not going to work out for you, gentlemen. No. Yeah, because they go, we'll go and y'all can stay here and look pretty, okay? And I went, no, that's not going to no. happen. <laughs> I went, if they're being docile, it's because they're going to sneak out later when and just fuck you over that way. And then I said, so they think an updo is going to change their appearances? Masters of disguise, these two. Absolute criminal Listen, masterminds. Nynaeve is 25. I'm 28. And has and never been out of her hometown until about a year ago. I'm not putting my hands in front of my face and going, they can't see me. She's got interesting ideas on hiding. She's never played hide and seek before? No. She is doing the girl equivalent of putting on a big nose and a mustache. Yes. Groucho Marx glasses. Mm-hmm. Allie, chapter 39. Okay. A cup of wine. I have a cup of beer. Oh, is it just a cup? Is it just a cup? Mm-hmm. It's just the same cup. With many pores. I don't want people to get the wrong idea, by the way. We don't usually drink while we're podcasting, but we're on vacation right now. We're on vacation, so... So, we're gonna. Also, it may make us more fun, so... It it will make the episodes longer. I can guarantee you that. (laughs) Which, if that's your thing, then this is a good thing for you. Last week's episode, which for us is coming out tomorrow, was three and a half hours long in its raw recording. I cut it down to two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> it's so much useless stuff. It was an absolute, it was I would, such but a But I would mess. also attribute that to being our third podcast of that, the day. Third podcast of the day, yes, that's yes. true. Who is the perspective here, Alan? Elaine. Elaine for the beginning. And future queen, maybe, if she makes it that far. Well, I think Morghese is going to die. You think everyone is going to die? No, I think Morghese is going to die. I think Moraine is going to die. Uh-huh. And I have textual evidence for both. Sure. You think um, Swan is going to die? I think Swan is either going to die or become imprisoned and stilled. Mm. And one of those two things is going to happen. Maybe both. Mm. But I think that's a little overkill. 
They're going to do one or the other. Okay. But I'm thinking stilled rather than killed. Sure. Still, Still not, not killed. killed. Um, and then... Anyone else? Who? Rand. Oh, that's happening because it's prophecy to happen. And sure. that's going to die, too, because it's prophecy to happen. Unless him dying for a couple seconds counts. Sure. Elaine is on deck having a look. What's she having a look at? Tanchico. Tanchico itself. We're here. Nynaeve is ready to get the fuck off the boat. Mm-hmm. The windfinder and the sail mistress are there. Are they naked? Topless. No. Oh, wait, no, because land. We're within sight of land. So, mm-hmm. no, they are dressed to the nines, as it were. It seemed almost odd to see the sisters fully dressed again in bright brocaded silk blouses that matched their wide trousers. Free the boobies. Please. Free the nips. That's a movement. Free the nipple. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. For those of you who don't. You know what's not inherently sexual? Nipples. Nipples. They're, I have them. They're actually funny. <laughs> they're really funny. <laughs> Nipples are hilarious. They're funny. And yeah, so there's, there is a, I think, valid argument that men can show their nipples and women can't, and that's garbage. Mm-hmm. And so there is a free the nipple movement in the United States. And I, while I would not free my own setup. We support others' desires through theirs. I feel, as we've talked about many times, too much shame about my body. You've internalized a lot of American prudishness. I've internalized it. It's happening. But I'm not going to put that on other people. Mm -hmm. Because I've been to therapy. Tom Tom and Joylin are looking a bit sullen. Why are they sullen? Um... Because all the boobs are gone. <laughs> I, I, I choose to believe that is why Elaine's read is like, oh, they didn't understand what they were signing up for. But for me, my, my read is like, there's no... Ugh. There's no boobies on We're deck. not going to just look at boobs all day, every day anymore. Neither seem to think two young women were competent, competent to seek the black Aja. You're not. A threat by you naive. You as unqualified as a mediocre white man. To have them transferred to another seafolk ship had nipped that in the bud. At least it had once Torum and a dozen crewmen gathered ready to shove them into a boat to be rowed across. Sullenness meant rebellion. They were going to have more trouble from these two. Now here's the These question. are like adult men. We've got like a 60-year-old dude and a 45-year-old dude who have been tasked to watch over and protect a 25-year-old woman and a, an 18-year-old woman. It would woman. be humbling to take orders from... A teenager and someone who was a teenager a minute ago. Yeah. That would be humbling. I don't, I also think that much like with Lan going, why the fuck are you being sent on this mission? They're also like, why, why the, the fuck he- are the you fuck here? What the fuck is your objective here? Yeah. You're and, 10. And I go, that's all completely valid. This is, this is one of those moments where I love Robert Jordan's point of view writing. He's very good at it because I think he's good at, not only showing the point of view of the character, but he's good at also giving insight into the point of view of the other characters while he's doing it. Yes. So she's commenting on, you know, how dare they, you know, uh, try to control us and how dare they be sullen about following, you know, me. And I go, well, you're like four. Yeah. And they don't get why they're having to follow you in the first place. Also, I want to make you it clear. haven't earned it. I'm not saying not that really. age automatically equates to seniority, experience, or maturity, maturity, authority. It doesn't. Age ain't nothing but a number. It doesn't. But in this case, in as this we learn case, in this chapter, these guys have divergent opinions on how to take care of business, and they also know a lot more 
than the girls do about how to approach this sort of covert operation. Because I go, listen, I would follow little Liana Mormont from Game of Thrones in a anywhere. battle. Anywhere. 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 That child can kick ass. Yeah. Would I follow, would I be eager to follow most children into battle? Yeah. Fuck no. And then in, in the same vein, you know, Perrin is already noticing that the older men in his life are yielding authority to him based on his natural leadership leadership skill. Right. Elaine and Nynaeve, that's not happening. Maybe there's a gender thing that is a component I of that. Think, I think that could be part of it. Yeah. But I also think that Perrin has proven himself. Mm-hmm. So there's layers. There's always... Hot nuance alert, but there's... Hot all, nuance. <laughs> thank you, Grendel, for giving thank us the term. Thank you, delusions of hot Grendel. nuance. But she... But... Perrin has been leading men into battle. Yeah. Right? He's He has fought, period. He's killed White Cloaks. He's killed Trollocs. He's killed a lot more Trollocs than most of the men in the village. He doesn't seek leadership. Excepting Tam. Mm-hmm. And I think Tam is a guy who's kind of go with the flow. He's a guy who takes orders more than gives them. Tam, uh, I believe, said a couple chapters ago... He's taken orders from younger men than yeah, he, he before. Yeah, his parent apologizes and he goes, dude, this is not the first time that a younger man has known what to do. And I've said, yes, sir. I also think that, you know, I just had a conversation with a former with a former teacher of mine where we were talking about you know the TV literally we broke mid podcast for, for her to yeah. have that call but we we had a conversation about the entertainment industry and he goes honestly at this point i should be deferring to you because you're actually in the right in the middle of the age group we're all trying to target mm-hmm. so he goes you know i'm in my 50s and you know i i try to kind of guess what people your age want to watch and consume. Mm-hmm. But really, the the person who would know better than I is you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes, so really, you let me know what you want to watch and I'll try to make it happen. Um, and I think it's kind of a similar thing in that Tam, I think, has enough maturity to say, listen, I fought all of this time ago, but when it comes to fighting Trollocs, I mean, I don't know if Tam was able to fight Trolloc. He fought in the Aiel Wars, not the Trolloc uh, Wars, right? Okay, so I, I can't currently get into the specifics of where and when Tam served, but yes, he fought in the Aiel War. Okay, so, but I think it's safe for me at this juncture yeah. to assume he fought Aiel. Yes, not Trollocs. Not Trollocs, which, granted, Aiel are probably a lot smarter than Trollocs, just he, in terms of battle tactic. He did fight Trollocs in Book 1. <laughs> Yeah. A couple. But, and then he got slashed. And then he got poop-sorted. Poop-sorted. And so I'm not sure if I would consider him the authority on fighting Trollocs. I think Mm-mm. Perrin has a lot more experience fighting Trollocs than Tam does. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, just in sheer numbers of Trollocs killed by each individual man. And I think, you know, Tam is wise enough to go, listen, when it comes to the authority on who to fight Trollocs, I think it's Perrin. Uh, Out of all the men in the group. Perrin also seems to have an instinctive feel for how to lead his fellow man. 
Meanwhile, well, anyway, we're not talking but, about but, parent. But, right but we're now. talking yeah, about. We're talking but about I'm saying this is what I think the difference is. In addition to gender, which I'm sure factors in to a certain extent, because how could it not? How could in it this not? Series? How can it not? But I also go, and I think Robert Jordan probably does that a little bit on purpose. Oh yeah, but because I think he's smart enough to do that. But I also go, okay, Perrin has fought a bunch of Trollocs before, and yes. Egwene and Nynaeve, Elaine and Nynaeve have fought Black Gaja before, but last time they did that, they totally got imprisoned. They got imprisoned, and then Matt busted them out. And then Matt busted them out, and then they yelled at him. And I go, and that's what Joylan saw. So I kind of get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, that was like 99% Joylan's fault, a little bit. I mean, he got compulsed, whatever, whatever, whatever. Nuance, hot nuance, hot nuance, hot nuance. But I go, you know giving them some credit. It's not like they prepared for Joylin to compulsively betray them. Right? Which maybe they should have, and maybe a wiser woman would have. Mm-hmm. Maybe an older, wiser woman would have. But we don't have those women at our disposal. And I have to say that Tom and Joylin both are people who have earned respect. Certainly. Just based on, like, Tom knows about... Tom, I think, could absolutely spank... Elaine when it comes to court politics. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, yeah, Elaine has has been taught, but she still has, like, hella ethnocentric problems. I mean, she's getting over it. She's better than Egwene. She's better than Egwene, and she's getting over it, but she still still has it. She's still very young Mm -hmm. and inexperienced, and she can be trained to the gods, but training and experience are two different things. Absolutely. Training can be compressed experience. And that's me going off. And I go, and Nynaeve... Being the village wisdom and hunting down literal Satan are two completely different things. Yeah. Regardless. Sambui's not going to magic you to death. Nynaeve asks Coeen where they're going to head to next. To Dentora and the Isle Jafar. And then on to Cantorin and the Isle Samara, spreading news of the Koromor, if it pleases the light. Hey, All Ari, right. have you heard any of the names of any of these places before? You're not going to remember Jafar? It. Well, that gave me that's real Aladdin, Aladdin yeah. vibe. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. I went Aladdin, but that's not the place. This is something and that And then wait, you... read the other one. Cantorin, Dentora, Ail Sumera. You will not remember this because I didn't remember this. I only remember this when I checked the recap summary on Encyclopedia Wheel of Time. You have heard of Cantorin before. You that heard one about sounded it. familiar-ish. Really? Maybe. You heard about it in... But I might be saying that... Chapter one. Cantorin. Uh, did Bail Doman mention it? No. Much worse. Oh, is it Surah? Yes, that's it? where Surah is, is. That's where she is right now? Yes, she has seized Cantorin. Oh, no. Where and is that? it's one of the Seafolk's islands. No! So if... Uh, Don't go there! If Coeen goes to... Don't Cantorin, go there! Perhaps the news of the Koromor will be delayed in its spreading. Well, don't go there first. Wanted to mention that. You, you would not have remembered it, but I wanted to make sure I said it. Oh, no. There's a train going by outside. I hope you all can't hear that. <laughs> Chichi. Nynaeve, etc. Get off the boat. Get out of there. Head into Tanchico. Sure. Nynaeve is like, thank fucking God. Why is she thrilled? She's off the boat. She is no longer seasick. But later she is One of the best running bits is that Nynaeve cannot, like... Cannot fucking go on a boat. She's just a vomity person. (laughs) She is just the most queasy person. Mm -hmm. The most nauseated at all times. Yeah, I love that about her. I love that she's just... 
Because I'm somebody, you and I are different in this. You have like an iron stomach. Yes. I will puke at the slightest provocation. Yes. You know, the slightest incident. But once it stays in the stomach, everything's great from there on out. Mm-hmm. But it's a rough voyage to get there. Mm-hmm. Joylin and Tom bracketed them immediately without any instructions. Joylin taking the lead. How dare they try to protect you? With his bundle on his back and his pale thumb-thick staff held in both hands, Since dark hands Lan alert. literally said he would murder them if they didn't. Tom brought up the rear, somehow managing a dangerous look despite his white hair and his limp and his gleeman's cloak. What, old people can't be dangerous? And Nynaeve goes... My grandma claims she can kill people with her thumb. Nynaeve goes, Is that deserved? No. No, I don't think so either. No. Like, They're just trying to do their job. Your boyfriend told them to protect you. Can they blow people up with their minds? No. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant um, Tom and John. Oh, no. Can Nynaeve and Elaine both? Yeah. But should they? But I do, I do get, I do get that, you know, they... They're like, we can blow people up with their mind. Tom and Joyland don't know that. They've never seen them explode things. They know they're channelers. Yeah, but they know they're, like, accepted, not full sisters. So they don't know what the hell they can do. Sure, that's true. I suppose they haven't seen them at their height of power. I mean, I think if they started exploding shit, Tom and Joyland would be like, what the fuck are we here for? What the fuck is happening? That's true. I think what they know is, I don't want to go back to anywhere and tell Lan that Nynaeve got her throat slit because I wasn't doing my freaking job. That would be very, very bad. That would not be a good day for them. I'm kind of on their side about it. I mean, I get it. I get the frustration. But I also go, what's what's the problem here? Uh, uh, Nynaeve looks out at other folks on the docks and she thinks they did not frighten her. She could handle any two or three of them, she was sure. But Only if you're pissed. Actually, this is, is this, I'm Honey sorry, bun? it's Elaine, it's Elaine. Oh. But well, she and Nynaeve had their great serpent rings in their pouches, and it would be useless to pretend no connection with the White Tower if she channeled in front of a hundred men. Best if Joylin and Tom looked as fierce as they could. Yeah, see? Good for her. Calm down. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you! It'll be you! Yep. Who is it? The legend. The fucking god. It is Bale motherfucking Domon. I never did think to see you again. I I did wait as long as I could in Fulma, but the time did come when I must sail or watch my ship burn. No one's mad at you. We get it. Mm-hmm. You did what you could. Nynaeve says, a pleasure to see you again, but if you will excuse us, we must find rooms in the city. Don't be rude. I'm sorry. Is this the pirate master himself? Yeah. Are you addressing our god this way? What is King Domon doing now? (laughs) King Domon. He's a smuggler. He is an honest. He has embraced his accent. I know Jordan says it's Pennsylvania Dutch, but for me, it will forever be pirate. Is it? Yes. According to Robert Jordan. Do Pennsylvania Dutch people say doobie doobie doo? Listen. I have never talked to a person who is Pennsylvania Dutch. They're probably not listening, so they can't tell us. Because they are Amish. (laughs) Universally? Pretty much. I mean, mean, if you are listening and you speak Pennsylvania Dutch, let us know. Yes. We we strive to rid ourselves of our own ethnocentrism. We strive to rid ourselves of our own ethnocentrism. I mean, I'm pretty positive. Hold on. He goes... Tanchiko to burst its caulking. 
I do know a place where my word may bring something, though. I, I could no, I could no remain longer in Falma, but I do feel I owe you some debt. Your, your being here. Will the same happen here as in Falma, then? I mean, probably. Yeah, they go like, oh, no, 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 of course not. No, 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 no. We're just hunting Black Aja again and are in a tricky spot again and might stir up local geopolitics colossally again. But, mm-hmm. like, that doesn't mean that there's going to be significant upheaval. Okay. What, are, what are you up to? Hey, got Pennsylvania Dutch maintain numerous religious affiliations, with the greatest number being Lutheran or German Reformed, but also with many Anabaptists, including Mennonites, Amish, and Brethren. So, sort of. Okay. But also, I think largely I've seen it referred to as, like, the language Predominantly of, Amish. Like the Amish and Mennonites, yeah. If you have a Pennsylvania Dutch accent... And you are listening. Let us know. Please, oh, my God. We want to talk to you let so us know. We badly. Talk to you. Yes. Educate the shit out of us. What, but only if you want to. What is Doman up to now? They say, like, yeah, no, no, don't worry. We're definitely not going to fuck up the city. But he's also supporting a soup kitchen. A dozen good coasting ships the Panarch's taxmen do know about. <laughs> and four deep water they do know. <laughs> they're like, uh, and what does that mean? I do smuggle and make such profits as I did never believe. A tenth the amount of the excise in the customs men pockets do turn their eyes and seal their mouths. And then I give it back to the poor because I'm amazing. And then he funds his own goddamn soup kitchen. (gasps) And I love him. Okay, can we just, I'm going to, listen, I've got my list of potential dark friends. He is not on it. He's not on it, nor should he be. Unless he I is my favorite. not on there either. Ooh. I know. Okay. I know. Listen, does that mean she's not going to suck at one point? That is not what I'm saying. But I find it hard to believe that a dark friend would be like, you know what I'm also going to do? Soup kitchen. I got Leandrin, who was literally fucking poor, would not do a soup kitchen. She's no. an asshole. She made the girls She's that new her. money bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, she's that new money bullshit. Did you expect to see Egyanen again? I did. Really? But not in a good way. Oh, okay. But now I'm kind of like, she's on thin ice with me, <laughs> but there is a layer of ice. That's good. That's what I'm going to say. That's key. Before, she was drowning. Domon says, uh, I-, I do not believe it will last much longer, though. Perhaps the Lord Dragon does not break the world yet, but he did break Ara, Domon, and Taraban. And Elaine is like, don't talk about my boyfriend that way. Okay, I'm fine. Okay, it's not about your boyfriend. It's about the weird zealots that are doing shit in yeah, his name. Yeah, it's not really about It's Rand. not about Rand. Calm down. Rand didn't ask for these guys also, to be assholes. Also, like, can, can there be occasional legitimate valid criticism about Rand? There's tons. There should be. There should be. The man is causing global upheaval. Global chaos. I mean, I think that that is a legitimate thing to be like, Hey, things are kind of fucked right things now because of your boyfriend. I don't like, you know, no, I, I don't think I can do better, but you know, it's a reality. What is Masima and his crew doing? 
They're just kind of making havoc. Masima now calls himself the prophet of the dragon. Okay, well, that... Rand goes, I don't even know you that yeah, well. Yeah, he's like, I didn't ask you to do this. Really, you were kind of a dick to me You were really, like, kind of a... You know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, everyone was a dick to me and everyone was a dick to me in high school. But now all of a sudden, now that I'm a great big famous movie star, now they were all my best friends in high school. Fuck you. The earthquake happened in Dragon Reborn. I'm not, I'm speaking generally. The earthquake happened in Dragon Reborn and then Masima kind of ran off and started going like, repent ye sinners, the dragon is returned and I am his voice. And I go, Rand would see that and go, I really don't want you you to do that. Please, can you not? You this spent is, the entirety of book two being really racist against me because I looked kind of like an Aielman. Yeah. Like, would you stop so your maybe fakeness? check yourself before you wreck yourself, my friend. Uh, you know what? Well, you know what it is? He's overcompensating for the fact yeah. that he was a total dick yeah. to the dragon. Yeah. And he's making things worse. What a shock. They hop on some sedan chairs, I guess, because why not? Um, and You know, if given the opportunity... Elaine is looking at the poor people and going like, ugh, the nobility is failing, which you're right. Which, yes. Yeah. Correct take. In a world where there are billionaires. A little funny that you're saying that while you're in a sedan chair. (laughs) (laughs) In a world where billionaires exist and people can't afford insulin, the two things are inextricably linked. Anyway, we spent two hours yelling about this Who are we guillotining? (laughs) And uh, uh, we get to an inn. Called the I saw th- this hilarious TikTok the other day that was like, if you had lights in your driveway, like in the f- ground of your driveway, I'm sorry to tell you, growing up, I'm sorry to tell you, you are being guillotined. And I laughed for <laughs> such a long time. <laughs> we, get, we get to a new inn. It's called the Three Plum Court. We go in and uh, we meet the innkeeper and Nine even Elaine go... <gasps> Because she looks like Leandrin, which, I'm sorry, Leandrin's from Tanchico, so she's going to look like the people who are from Tanchico. Yeah, it's going to happen. Because apparently there's no globalization in this entire fucking place. Not really. Except in Tarvalin. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it, pretty much. That is about it. Yeah. There's not a lot of globalization, not a lot of uh, blending of populations, so <clears throat> people are going to look like each other. Well, there's not efficient high-speed communication. There's not uh, internet. high-speed transit. There's no internet. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's a pain in the ass to get anywhere. They you get can't some, just come home for whatever the fuck. They get a couple of rooms. Tom and Joylin have one. Nine even Elaine have another. Elaine goes out of her way to get the one with the larger bed because Nynaeve sleeps with her elbows out, I guess. Which is kind of an asshole move <laughs> because two dudes are just going to take up more mass. They're spooning. Maybe they'll spoon. Aww. Maybe it'll be nice. Tom would totally be cool with it. Joylin would be like, I think I think that might be gay. And like <laughs> I I just I just feel like Joylin has some hang ups, you know, yeah. where that Tom just doesn't. Is that okay to say? Probably, yeah. Yeah. They eat some dinner. Uh Elaine won't eat it because she's thinking about the poor people outside. Oh, because that's gonna help. <laughs> That's going to help. You doing a weird little hunger strike is going to help. Nynaeve is also, you know, having a tough time with this. She goes, Rendra, does anyone here help the poor? No. I can lay my hands. We only know two people who do soup kitchens right now. On a good bit of gold if it would help. She goes, you could donate to Bale's Kitchen. The man avoids all of the taxes, yet he taxes himself. For each crown he gives as the bribe, he gives two for the soup and the bread for the poor. He's even talked me into giving. 
And I pay my taxes. Yeah, so now you feel bad. Now feel bad for dissing him and earlier. And goes, it do be less than the taxes. I, I, I do make a very healthy profit. Fortune prick me if I do know. Now see, here's my hot nuance. I do understand that if you were in a very corrupt society, like it appears this one is, and you know that your taxes are not going to go to actually benefiting society, yeah. I kind of am on board with being like, fuck that, I'm just going to donate like that amount to Run my as own many soup kitchen. places as I can that I actually think will help. So I'm like, we stand, we stand. But in a, a normal society, do not just congratulate yourself for paying taxes. That's the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> continuing on. Unless the taxes are actively oppressive to you, which they may be. But if you're wealthy. The innkeeper walks off and they ask Doman for help. Mm-hmm. And they, they explain that uh, they need eyes and ears because of the Black Aja. Oh, so now you want my help. Before, you know, we need to go find a place to sleep. But, but it, now... Again, they just come right out and go, Oh, yeah, you, you, you know, we're looking for the Black Aja. Why? No secret. No nuance here. Why? Why tell everyone your business? Doman is pressed. Deeply pressed. That is a pressing issue. He considers abandoning Tanchico and going to Ilion instead. And I mean, what does Nynaeve say? Well, they're there too, so... Nah, man, they got, we got King and Sammy and Ilion. And he goes, so go be a hermit in the woods? <laughs> is that the plan? Go build me a cabin in the woods, farm my own crops, and not talk to anyone. Nynaeve goes, there are no safe places any longer. You can um, run like a rabbit, but you cannot hide. My bunker. I'm going to build a bunker. <laughs> is it not better to do what you can to fight back like a man? Or the bunker plan. And then Elaine goes... We do not mean to browbeat you, Master Doman, but we truly may need your help. I know you for a brave man, else you would not have waited for us as long as you did at Falma. This is an effective good cop, bad cop routine. You do this very going. well. One with an <laughs> ox driver's stick, the other with a queen's honey. Oh, very good well. Good cop, bad cop. I will help as I can. So Tom cool. and Joylin interrogate him about... Who he is. Who he is, and also... They are gathering And the girls go, it's fine, we've talked to him once. Yeah, they're gathering groundwork information for their own operations. Yeah. And how does this gathering of information differ between the two men? Well, Tom goes, the obvious thing to do is go through the nobles. The nobles will know all the goss. Yep. Right? They'll know all the intrigue, and there's no way that a bunch of women from the tower are going to be hanging out with the poors. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas Joylin goes, no, you want to go through the criminal underground, which are all going to be the pores. They're going to know everything. They're going to know, you know, all the intrigues. So the two of them have a fundamental disagreement, class-wise, about who they should approach about for information, which I go, this totally aligns with where they come from. Yeah, I love this. I, I think love this it. is great. And Elaine is watching this and thinking, Deftly what? Definitely done, Robert, creating this little conflict between the two. I loved it. Elaine is watching this, and particularly watching Tom, and thinking, what? Ew, is it creepy? I don't know. <laughs> She's going, why would a Gleeman want to know all about nobility and stuff? Well, I this don't know. This rings a funny bell, and I'm not sure why. I have a theory or two, or three, or seven. Tom had been willing enough to talk with her. He even seemed to enjoy it. But somehow, every time she thought she might dig out something about his past... That was when he managed to put her back up and send her stalking away. Tom loves Elaine. Yes, he does. Stepdaddy Tom. So the gentlemen uh, get all the information out of him that they can. 
and then they write out a very detailed list of what the Black Aja look like mm-hmm. and give it to him. Yes. And Nynaeve reminds everyone, hey, be careful. This shit's dangerous. Anyway, that's my contribution. No shit, Sherlock. Delmon leaves. Joylin leaves. And Nynaeve decides she's going to go to bed. Because she feels sick. Because she's nauseated. Why is she nauseated? Because now she got her sea legs and now she's back on land. So now everything's too still. Yep. Uh, this is the great, one of the best running bits. This is so fucking funny. I hope this is true for all 15 books. Like, I hope Nynaeve never adjusts quite right For as long as Nynaeve is a part of the series, this is true. (gasps) Good. Yeah. Robert, incredible character trait. (laughs) Uh. I think about this a lot, character traits and building character, and I love how consistent this is. Elaine follows Tom down to the common room. She gets a seat. She grabs one cup of wine. (laughs) Lies. Tom starts singing. <laughs> he's he's performing and having fun, and Elaine gets into it. Yeah. She she drinks half of her cup, and then a hot boy fills her cup up again. And she goes, I feel like I've heard this him say this exact story, but in the rich, posh language. Yep. She feels like she remembers him saying, go, telling these stories in high chant. Uh, the, the other it even performer. sounds dickish. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. yeah. The other performer who was there for the evening is like fucking gleaming here, fucking moving in on my fucking turf, which is completely fair, I think. But also. But also, like, he's a gleaming and he's Tom's to be amazing a and you can sit down. Eventually, he bows and he walks off upstairs. And Elaine is like, all right, well, it's been four hours. I guess I should go to bed. And she stands up and, like, falls the fuck over immediately. Ugh. <sighs> Here it is, Allie. We've the minute arrived. this happened, I went, oh, no. And oh. she looks down at her cup, and she's like, well, I haven't emptied my cup yet, so why am I feeling like oh, this? Oh, Gus has done this to me by accident, where, like, you you are, when Gus gets drunk, he is, oh, he's, like, aggressively nice, to the point where he will, like, top off anybody he can see their drink. Gus will just, like, top off everybody. He'll, like, try to make everybody drinks because Gus knows how to make drink, like, I'll, fancy I'll, let drinks. Me, let me be really clear. I'll no, ask. Not in a creepy way. I will always like, ask. Like, just in a really, like, aggressively nice way where I'm you're, like, like well, you don't feel like. I'm having so much fun. You Would can you like s- a little more wine? Would you like another old-fashioned? Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll make it. I'll leave it over here. It's there for you if you want it. Where you don't feel like you can say no because he's so nice. And you're, like, oh, my God, yes, of course. I would love to drink with you and not in a bad way i'm not saying in a bad way no, i'm saying it's yeah, like yeah. a lovely quality that you know you're like the most fun to drink with because you're like the best host when you're drunk i try but sometimes after a while you're having such a great time and gus is being so polite that all of a sudden you stand up and you go i'm gonna die <laughs> and this has happened to me several times so i go I get it. And also, like, if a hot boy comes up to you and goes, would you like more? You're, you're not. You're well, he's not that. asking. Oh. He's walking. He's a, he's a server. Well, and he just keeps filling her glass back. Kind up. of on him. That's less than ideal. But I, I bet I bet there's like a way. I bet like you could put your hand over your cup and be. And, and yeah, you he, could. I, but she doesn't know that because she she's never been that. a bar before. Yeah. So she stands Baby up. Baby girl. And she she trips and sits <gasps> back down. Oh. Uh. And then she gets up again, and this, the young man comes over and is like, hi, can I help you to your room? And Which she's is like, when I went, did no, he roofie her? That's when we go, <laughs> like, no. I just don't trust anyone. Um, I went, I went, red flags, flags, flying. She declines. Flag, flag, flag. And then she declines, and I went, okay, thank fuck. Stumbles up the stairs, stumbles past her floor, 
and goes up uh, to the third floor. And that's floor. when I went, where are you going, and baby? And she knocks on Tom's door. Uh, and Tom opens the door, and he's looking mad sus at her. Well, he answers the door with a knife in his hand, and I went, I feel that. He seemed to have a knife in his hand, and then it was gone. Strange. She seized one of his long white mustaches. I Personal remember. space. I was sitting on your knee, and I pulled your mustache, and my mother leaned over my shoulder and laughed at me. And he goes, I think it best you go to your room. I think you need some sleep. And she doesn't let go and goes, my mother and then I sat went, on your knee, And too. then I went, oh, this would make me so profoundly uncomfortable. Like the the invasiveness of the very inebriated, because they just don't have any personal space anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mother sat on your knee, too. I saw it. I remember. It has hard, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus energy. Yep. Which makes me not regret what Picking song that, I picked yeah. for Elaine. Uh He's like, please go to sleep. Please go away. But she has, like, maneuvered around him into his room. And she goes... I got... I was nervous. <laughs> I want to know why mother sat on your knee. Why do you think, gleaming. baby girl? My mother would not sit on a gleaming's knee. Well, she sat on some gleaming's knee. Go to bed. And other things. Child. I'm not a child. She stamped her foot angrily. Well done. Well done showing him you're not a child. You and know, when you, when you stamp your foot and say, I'm not a child, you've lost. The floor was lower than it looked. Did she fall? Almost. Uh, she stomped her foot and got unbalanced. Uh, no! Not a child. You will tell me now. <gasps> Goodness. Tom comes clean, right? He does, to what, his credit. What does he tell her? I was fucking your mom. I was a court bard. Once upon a time. And that's all you need to know. I was a court bard. Now go to bed. You were a lover, weren't you? You were. I always knew about Gareth Brynn. And I went, what now? But Who was correct? I always hoped she would marry him. Gareth Brennan and you and this Lord Gabriel. Matt said she looks calf eyes at now. And how many more? How many? What makes her any different from barreling? Was she supposed to be a nun? Tripping every man who catches her eye into her bed. She's no different. And then she gets slapped. Yeah. Well, first of all, I do not support. I, I support none of this statement. None of this. Statement. I don't support the idea that single mothers are supposed to be nuns. Like, no. come on. They're women with needs, just like everybody else. Let's not shame women no. who are single, who have children, for not being, like, the paragons Celibate. of innocence, okay? Come on. Celibacy. No. That sounds lame as fuck. Like, who wants a lame life? Even just because you have children does not mean you get to be lame. No. Okay. First. Second, not a fan of her being like, you know who's the chief hoe? Barrel lame. <laughs> Like, come on. What is she? What has Bear Lane done other than hit on your boyfriend who wasn't your boyfriend at the time? Yeah. Deal with Didn't it. Didn't you do kind of the exact same shit to Egwene? But he was Egwene's boyfriend? The exact same thing. 
So this is some splitting of hairs. Yep. Just because Barrelane is chesty and wears a titty shirt does not mean that all of a sudden she's Chief Ho. Nope. Boo. And even if she were Chief Ho, who are you to pass judgment? Miss make out in quarters everywhere? 24 hours a 24 day. 24 hours a day with a guy you like have had, what, two conversations with? By the way, good for both of you. By the way, good for both of you. Because you know what? We don't judge that shit. Have fun. But like, who are you Use to decide? You don't need to. You just kissing him. But like, don't get mono, I guess. You're not exactly my only boyfriend is Jesus over here. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess... Kind of literally, though. Kind of magic, Jesus. All right. But, okay, so there's that. And then I'm also, I just, uh, stop not supporting women. God. Yeah. Just, she, she's she's, she's got a lot to learn. I also always think that the things that you say when you're drunk, are you at your least filtered? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's the closest to who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think you learn a lot about people when they're wasted. Mm-hmm. Can be. That's my feeling. But also, we've all been there. So Tom slaps her. <laughs> and she goes, how dare you? I have conflicting feelings about that moment also. Yes. But I'm daughter heir of Andor. And I will not be... You are a little girl with a skin full of wine throwing a temper tantrum. And if I ever hear you say anything like that about more gays again, drunk or sober, I'll put you over my knee however you channel. There are so many layers to this. Because they go, first of all, it's never okay to hit. Yep. But... Was she asking to be hit? Like, kind of. But is anyone ever asking to be hit? Like, no. no. But, mm, ew, eh, hot nuance. Yeah. Um, but then, because I go, listen, talk shit, get is, hit, right? This is different from Fayil slapping Perrin. It is different because she was coming for his woman, his former woman. And I do think it's nice when a man, even though he's no longer getting the nookie, can stand up for his former woman. I think also he's snapping her out of it a little bit. I do think that's also because the case. she is on a fucking Well, she's just rant. She's just not being she's not being cool and to her own mom. Yeah. Like she is saying things she will regret saying. Yeah. She is. And should he have slapped her? Probably Should he have not. slapped her? No. I I mean, my thing is I go different time. Yeah. You know, I think probably Rafe Judkins will make the decision to not have him slap her. Yeah, I don't think that he would be sympathetic after that. No, I think he might, like, I think a chill thing he could do is just, like, grab some water and, like, splash it it in her her face. Like, that would be what I I would want to see, is Mm -hmm. him do something that is like that in terms of, like, a reaction. Yeah. But not physically violent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because did she deserve... Some kind of ret- retaliation for being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the slapping part. Yeah. But I also think different time. Yeah. We can chalk this up to different time, I think. I think we're going to, ca- that's how I'm going to chalk yeah. it up. Different time. Yeah. Uh, he goes, Morgaze is a fine woman. As good as any there is. She goes, is she? Then why did she? Why? <laughs> You weren't modeling that after anyone, were you? No. <laughs> and she's crying into his coat. And Elaine, Tom, Elaine just really wants a dad. She just really needs a dad. She really needs a dad. She never had a dad. Who just sits her down and goes, honey. You know what's wild? The closest thing to like a paternal figure in her life was probably Galad. And she hates him. And she dad. hates him. Here's my thing. Yeah, because Taryn Gale died when she was... When she was like... A, an infant. Two. 
Because Gawain's older than her. So she doesn't remember him. She barely remembers Tom. She barely remembers Tom. Yeah. But I go, okay, listen, we don't need, no one needs a father figure. No. But I think there are some people who do. Would like one. Or, yeah, who need someone to just sit them down and, and tell them the tough shit. Yeah. And I think Elaine is somebody who has needed some kind of like, guiding figure for her yeah whether it be a maternal or paternal figure most of her because i think more gays probably as a mother was too busy most of her formative uh upbringing memories seem to be from her nurse leany yeah who is cool which feels very the crown to me yeah. like the they talk about that a lot how you know She's the a little queen bit was cool with like doing a five-month tour away from her children and i go well respect and your career is important but that's going to take a toll. Yeah. It's going to have a cost. And that's kind of the the horrible thing, the horrible like back and forth of being a parent, which of course I don't know anything about because I don't have any children. But from speaking from my experience with my own parents who have a lot of career ambition, they felt so guilty mm-hmm. when they couldn't be at something. And that happened. Mm-hmm. And I think probably more gays, when you're running a fucking country... You don't have time to be at every little thing and be there for every little, like, boo-boo and whatever. And I think Elaine is still so young, she really needs a parental figure in her life. Yeah. I think on a deep level, there's a lot of stuff with her character and character development that's happening here. And her relationship with Tom is really fleshing out. Now, let's zoom out of that. She's being hilariously drunk. Right oh, my now. God. So messy. So sloppy drunk right now. She, I, I say this in the Instagram video. She reminds me of a freshman uh, yeah. girl during a sorority pledge. Yeah. Like, after they, they've become a pledge, and now they're going to all the mixers and, and she's, stuff, they're and they're just and going, messy. We're going to be sisters. I love you so much. What's your name again? Yes. I do that. Yeah. I do that. I become best friends with people when I'm drunk. And then I'm like, I don't remember what you look like. Tom quite fairly says, most men attracted to a queen see power, not a woman. I Ugh. saw a woman and she knew it. I did feel that in my very soul. I suppose Bryn saw the same in her and this Gabriel too. You have to um, understand, child. He doesn't know anything about Gabriel. I think... Everyone Gareth wants. Bryn, I stand. Gareth Bryn, absolutely. Gabriel, no. we do not stand. Everyone wants someone in their life, someone who cares for them, someone they can care for, even a queen. That is so compassionate for an ex. Right? 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 I that love Tom. That is so compassionate. Tom, Tom has so much perspective. May we all be that compassionate to our exes? I mean, unless they were absolute bastards, in which case Fuck you can feel however you like. But you know what? It takes a lot after someone sends a headsman after you to be this compassionate to your ex. She continues. Applaud it. Why did you go away? You made me laugh. I remember that. Oh, You made her laugh too. And you rode me on your shoulder. And like in the moment, this is funny. Looking back, it's really sad. She's very hurt. As a divorce kid. Yeah. Listen, my parents married the first Almost the first person they dated after they got divorced. Yep. And like one of them got married really fast and one of them got married after being a together while for after. Years, yeah. yeah. After being together. Yeah. I think it was at least 10 years. And um, but, you know, I only they, their rule was I will only introduce serious people to my children. Yep. Well, Tom was serious. 
And Tom was serious. Tom was absolutely serious. And, and I think this really beautifully captures kind of the heartbreak of being a child of divorce. And you get attached to the people that your parents bring into your life. Mm-hmm. And that's why parents have to take that so seriously is because you don't ever want to break your child's heart again. No. Um, and so to me, I think this this is a really beautiful... It is, isn't it? ...honoring of, of that feeling. Of it's like a, you were a father figure to me, even though it's tiny and barely remember you. Like, why did you go away? Yeah, yeah. He says essentially. I think that's lovely. It's complicated. I will tell you some other time. Hopefully, you're not going to remember this tomorrow because I think you might be really <laughs> embarrassed. Uh, I'm embarrassed for her. Time for you to go to bed. And now we get into slapstick land because he he steers her towards the door and she reaches up and grabs a stash and goes like that. I did it, pulled it just like that. He loves her. He goes, yes, you did. Can you make it downstairs by yourself? He doesn't have children. She's his baby. The first time I read this, I was like, is Tom actually her dad? But no, he's not. No, but I think that from what I know from having step parents, it doesn't really matter. Yep. Like, my step parents have their own have I don't like the word own children, but they have their own biological children. Mm-hmm. I've never necessarily felt any differently. Yeah, and maybe it's just because I was really small, and you can't help but get attached to really small children. Yeah, but like I think he's really attached to her, and part of it is that you know he was there when she was tiny, and you yep. can't help but fall in love with a tiny child that pulls she, on your mustache. Yeah, she was a little baby. You sitting can't on his help little, it. On his mustache. You can't help it. It's an instinctual thing. Yeah. They have big eyes, and like they're tiny, and you just can't help it. He goes, "Can you make it downstairs by yourself?" Of course, I can. <laughs> <laughs> also, like imagine watching your little baby be drunk for the first time. Yep. And this is the first time she's ever been drunk. Oh, this is the first time she's had more than one cup of wine. Yep. Well, she and I go, honey, lightweight baby girl. She uh, she gives him her haughtiest stare, and he doesn't buy it. Which I have an impression of on, on our Instagram. Instagram. Luckily, she did not stumble until she was out of his sight. She walks to the stairs. But she did walk right by her door and had to come back. <laughs> Something must have been wrong with that apple jelly. She knew she should not have eaten so much of it. It's not that. Lini always said, uh, 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 she could not remember what it was Lini said, but something about eating too many sweets. Honey, this ain't sweets. So she comes into her room. Nynaeve is lying in bed, just like elbows Arms akimbo. Arms akimbo. Which, okay, I go, listen, we're not responsible for our actions while we sleep. Nope. <laughs> if, I, if I hit the you in the face, Nynaeve's awake. That's, what, that's what's up. And Elaine opens the door, looks at Nynaeve, and goes, Ren must think I'm crazy. Tom is a bard. Barely, this is my mother after all. I'm a little dizzy for <laughs> no, some Berlain's reason. No, Barely, it's not my mother after all. That's what I said. Oh, well, <laughs> you slurred so badly, I couldn't tell. I'm a little dizzy for some reason. A nice boy with sweet brown eyes offered to help me upstairs. Nynaeve goes, I wager he did. Uh, Girl, I mean, we've all, we've all seen our roommates too drunk, right? Like, we've all been like, come over here a moment. Oh, baby girl. There's something I think you should see. What is it, Allie? Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> so so Naive goes, there's something you need to see. And I thought, and she goes, oh, there was a basin of water. And I went, oh, brilliant idea, Naive. Naive. is going to help you're her. Gonna, you're going to hydrate this girl. Her, her alcohol. Or, or hydrate. And hydrate her. Or just splash some water on her face. Like something. Well, she and does splash water on her face. But she splashes her face on the water. You know what? When I watched Alcohol, ENU, which is what, what we, we had, had to watch at, in college, never did they ever say waterboard the <laughs> shit out of your friends when they're yeah, drunk. Yeah, because we do that. Never one time. Incredible. She goes, how dare you? I am the daughter of Sploosh. <laughs> We've all been there. I mean, I know I have. She was going to drown. Nynaeve was going to drown her. Okay. I think I'm finally ready to tell the story of the drunkest I've ever been. Are yeah. I'll yeah. go ahead. All right. So it was my birthday this year. Recently. It's been a really hard year. Yes. I decided... Let's get all my girlfriends on a Zoom call, and we'll do a sip and sculpt workout class. A drinking workout class. It was a lot of fun. But I hadn't eaten all day. Well, I hadn't eaten, and then I realized the workout class was starting in a few minutes, and I went, well, I'm not going to eat now because I'll be working out. And it was an intense And it's an intense workout. workout. I mean, and it's 45 girl, minutes this woman long. who teaches the workout class does not mess around. And, and she structures the class such that you drink five drinks while working out for 50 minutes, which is too, it's, it's too much for an average for most days. It's, it's like a very well. special occasion amount of alcohol. We don't condone binge drinking. We don't condone binge drinking. But listen, it's been a hard year and yeah. I wanted to get drunk with my friends on a Zoom call. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I want, but I wanted it this to be something This is a special fun. occasion sort of thing. And... So, so Allie was empty stomach. Empty stomach. Working, working out, out. Dehydrated. I paced myself for this because I was like, oh, I, it's Allie's birthday. I want to make sure to make, you know, cut her cake for her and make dinner and everything else. So I drank like three drinks over the course of this hour long workout. I drank an entire bottle of wine. And? And more alcohol. And like four beers. It wasn't. I think that. it was full. Well, you spilled one of them. So three. I, <laughs> so embarrassing. So then the class ends and she goes, oh, you know, we're going to keep you in this workout uh, in this Zoom room and you can just talk to your friends. And I I became really overwhelmed. I immediately made a family sized box of mac and cheese. Yes. Gus was on it. He goes, she's way too drunk. Ten minutes later, and I was handing her a bowl full of noodles and cheese going, put this in your stomach right now. Yeah. But I I decided to. Talk to shocking no one, give a speech about how touched I was that everyone took the time out of their very busy schedules. And I know that this year has been so hard for so many people. And, you know, every, everyone has so much going on. And the fact that they all took time out of their day to get drunk with me on a Zoom call meant a lot in that moment. And then, of course, I started crying. So, Allie, because sat that's on what the floor I do when I'm too drunk for a full hour after this class, not eating. Crying. Not drinking water. About how beautiful friendship is. And crying. And crying. So then I hang up the Zoom call. And I'm continually going, yeah, honey, I love you too. You really should eat something. I call both of my sisters to tell them while crying how much I love them. So embarrassing. I hope they didn't save the voicemails. And then I went up to the shower because I went, okay, I need to like 
put some cold water on my body and just kind of like chill she out. She still has not eaten anything. Still haven't eaten any. No, I had some noodles. You had two mouthfuls of mac and cheese. I get, I get in the shower and I'm so drunk. I start screaming <laughs> about how I'm too drunk. And I forced Gus. Did you lie down in the shower? Yes, I lie, I lay down in the shower. I forced Gus to call the paramedics. <laughs> yeah. I screamed at him, you have to call the you have to call the police. I'm gonna die. And because I, I swear to God, I've never been this drunk in my life. Cause I'm usually pretty on my shit, but this has been a really hard year. And so I, I screamed at him, you have to call the police, I'm gonna die. And he was like, Do you mean the paramedics? And I go, Yes, they have to pump my stomach. By the time they'd arrived, I'd thrown up so much that there was no reason for them to be there. And these, these guys come in, you know, everyone is wearing multiple masks. Allie and I have masks on. They have masks on. They come into the room. They make sure that I'm not like some creep who has. Yes. They, they interrogate, uh, to their credit, they Good interrogated the hell out of Gus. And then they asked me, well, what would you like us to do? And I was like, help. And they go, well, it seems like your vitals are fine. And it seems like you've kind of thrown up everything in your stomach. So we're not really going to take you to the hospital because there's just COVID there. So, you know, we're just going to go. It looks like you're being taken care of. Have a really happy birthday. (laughs) They left. And the next day, (laughs) I felt like I was on a boat for the entire day. Like everything was just kind of like, like rocking back and forth really gently for the entire day. It's so embarrassing. I was like, I'm... 28 i'm too i'd never had anyone call the paramedics on me i'd never been so drunk that i like i've been drunk enough to throw up but that as we've established earlier in this podcast is not very hard that's yeah um but i've never been Allie so throws up when she brushes her teeth yeah it's 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 true um but so i i've never been so drunk that i like cannot control myself at all and it that was wild for the next four hours of that night she would wake up and go i feel bad i should i drank too much i'm gonna go throw up and i would have go no 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 you you did you don't have anything else to throw up there's only water in your stomach really like well let me give it a shot and i went no 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 the paramedics already came you're fine huh and then you fell asleep. Which is amazing because the drunkest you'd ever been was on Twatcast like a few months before. That was, yeah. And I went, well, I guess I'm getting revenge. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah it was a lot. Fucking drunk Apparently I compared Lanfear to potatoes for like 20 minutes. For a long to time. To Allie afterwards. For a long time. It was bad. Anyway, All right. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So that's a lane Everyone right does it. Everyone does it. Hats off to Do Elaine for doing it the first time. Make sure you have a friend mm-hmm. who can help you out. And, uh, but I go, always, and this is always, why. Always drink responsibly. And I go, try to drink responsibly. But I go, if you don't, always make sure you have a girlfriend with you. Yep. Because I go, Nynaeve should have gone with her to the bar. And I get why she didn't. Yep. But I go, ugh. You know, it's just better if you have someone around. waterboards her for a little while i you know what i told this story to a friend of mine because i felt really embarrassed and then she goes it's okay the first time i got high i called the police that's fine <laughs> uh then then elaine pukes for a while yes 
She held she holds her hair back, and Night Elaine brought up everything she had ever eaten in her life. Yeah. A year later. Well, hours anyway, it seemed that long. Nynaeve was washing her face and wiping her mouth. Robert Jordan's like, I've been blackout before. <laughs> Nynaeve yells at Elaine for a minute. She goes, I only had one cup. Lies. Uh, one why, cup with a lot of wine in it. Why is... Frequently. Why is Nynaeve irritated? Because Nynaeve's a prude. Because we got to fucking go to Talyra and Riyadh and talk to Egwene tonight. Idiot. Well, you can go. Yeah. Well, clearly, you're going to have to go. But... You can't Nynaeve go to Talyra and Riyadh. Wasty. Nynaeve makes the point of saying, I don't know if I can get myself out of there. I need you to stay up and oh. wake me up in an hour. Can you do that? And Elaine is like swaying back and forth go on her chair. Go get Tom. That would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Why not get Tom? Yeah. Go tell him what's going on. He's already in the know. She she uh, she agrees that, yeah, I shouldn't. I can't channel right now anyway. And Tom can pour a bucket of water on someone's head with the best of them. Head. Boom, just like that. Yeah. She goes, maybe you'd better go. I will stay awake. <sighs> and to her credit, she does her best. She does. Nynaeve strips down to her shift. She's got two rings around her neck. That she keeps between her breasts. Yes. Which is not how I describe... We love Robert Jordan. All right, here's my poem. Here's the poem again. (laughs) But yeah, I don't... You know, okay. So she's got the rings around her neck between her breasts. (laughs) And she's holding on to the rings. Listen, do I think it's beautiful that she carries that ring with her everywhere? Yes. Oh my God, it's so sweet. So cute. Does it have to be between her breasts? Nynaeve falls asleep, and she's in the heart of the stone in Talaran Riyadh. And how's she looking? She's not naked. She's still wearing only her shift. Okay. And after a went, second, she pushes herself into stout, good two rivers. But she wolens. does make a comment about how every time she thinks about Lan in the dream world, yep. And then she kind of like doesn't say what happens. She does. She says. uh, well, she alludes to it, but she doesn't say, like, this is what I wear. Just that, remembering, and her dress was silk, and as transparent as Rendra's veil, <gasps> Beryllin would have blushed. So did Nynaeve, thinking of Lan, seeing her in it. It took an effort to bring the brown wool back. So she's Okay, horny. so she does say what it is. Yeah. I was wrong. So she's wearing... I thought she just, like, went, well, something happens every time I think about Lan. So she's wearing see-through, filmy silk. No undies? Probs? Probably not. That is the undies. So you just went down to Victoria's Secret is what I'm hearing. Yep. Good for you. This podcast is sponsored by Victoria. It's not. It's not. They're way too big for us. She's looking around. She's stressed about the redstone columns. She thinks it's a frightening place. She feels like she's being watched because Talair and Riyadh. Probably. Then she's got a stick because she's stressed. (laughs) Oh, that'll help. And she thinks, yeah, whack him. Egwene's not even here. She's in the waste somewhere. Then what happens? She goes to the waste. She's in the waste. Isn't that hey. nice? It's like every good improv scene. Yeah. I think I've made that joke before. No, no time wasted on the transition. Yeah. Do not, Ooh. do not do any kind of transportation. If you're going to be go somewhere, in an improv scene. go. And in all writing ever, mm-hmm. just go. Cut to we're there. She's looking around. She's on a mountain. She's looking down at. Uh, a city shrouded in fog, and there's a dude walking around the outside of it, like, poking at it, but he can't get through the fog. Mm-hmm. And I went, who is that? No one good. She hears, you must get away from here. 
If that one sees you, you're dead or worse. And I immediately went, Brigitte? It is. It is. Look at my reads. And that's what Nynaeve goes, Brigitte? It's impossible. Who, who are you? So how does Nynaeve know Brigitte? If you saw a guy wearing sandals oh. that laced up to his mid-thigh and he had a shield with a big battle scene on it and also he was oiled up and maybe had an arrow in his heel. Oh, it's Achilles. It's Achilles. Okay. She she is on par with Achilles okay. in terms of legend. Or, I mean, more realistically, she's made Marion. And I would go, Achilles, love your friendship with Patroclus. Totally so platonic. Deep as male friendship goes. Actually, the nice thing about Brigitte is she's basically the Robin Hood myth, but they can they mixed up Maid Marion and Robin Hood. I love that. Yeah. I love that for her. I love that that's a thing. Yeah. Uh what is her name? Brigitte Silverbow? Brigitte Silverbow. Okay. That's that was a new information to me. Or maybe it wasn't. You've and heard I it forgot. before. You've heard it before. Okay. Well, I forgot. Uh, Nynaeve is like, Nynaeve is like, who the fuck are you and why are you here and why are you talking to me? And then she well, pulls. Well, I have a silver ass bow. She what do you think? She pulls a silver arrow out of her quiver and knocks it and is like, get the fuck out of here. And right I go, the fuck how many now. times does she have to tell you to get the fuck out before you get the fuck out? And Nynaeve bounces. She's out. It takes her a hot minute, though. She says at least twice. And where is she now? She is in the two rivers themselves. Oh, in the two rivers? All of a sudden, she's in the two rivers. She's in Emmons Field looking at the green. She's like, damn, that's wild. And she sees someone uh, hiding behind a house. She goes, ugh, she followed me, huh? Well, I'll give her a piece well, of my and mind. And that was Brigitte, right? I think. It was, yeah. And then she ro- she like runs out into the middle of the street or she whatever. She starts stomping around on wooden planks. Which, going, by the way, we're in the middle of the two rivers, are we? Yeah. Well, who's in the middle of the two rivers mm. right now? She goes, come back here. You come back here and answer me. Who was that? You come back here or and I'll she- hero you. I'll thump you so you think you've had an adventure. Nine these are not threats. <laughs> and she comes around the way. And there's a dude walking at her, and she oh, thinks is it's, there? She thinks it's Lan at first, and then she goes, "Oh, is that what she wait, thinks?" It's not initially. quite Lan. And the guy stops and looks at her, and draws an arrow, and then fires. Oh, it at is her. that what she thinks about him initially? That he's Lan? Oh, could there be a I don't know a cousin family resemblance? <laughs> and she barely dives who, out of the way of the arrow. And who pray tell? Who do we know? Who's in the two rivers right now? Could well, it be uh, Lord Luke? Slayers in the dream world. Could it be a Lord Luke? Lord Luke is in the real world, right? One did live and one did die, but okay. both are. Excuse me. Do not try to make me be out myself. I know I'm right about this. Nynaeve wakes up screaming and she's got a gash on her arm from the arrow. Damn. She goes, he looked like Lan. He looked like Lan and he tried to kill me. If I hadn't jumped, it would have gone through my heart. Listen, we all have complicated families. <laughs> <laughs> they bandage her arm. Uh, we we get the deets on everything. Elena's like, you were fucking ch- chatting with Birgitta Silverbow? That's wild. <gasps> yeah. And she told me a list of her favorite things. It was really <laughs> weird. <laughs> they decide it's time for bed. Enough of this noise. Elaine, head to pillow. Bam, she's asleep. In the morning, perhaps the room would have stopped its slow spin around the bed. In the morning, she wished she were dead. Elaine definitely had that. You know when you're so drunk that the lines of the pillow go into your face? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was that, She wakes up and half of her face is all like pillow lines. 
She sleeps so hard. She is feeling bad. Nynaeve has made her a hangover remedy of some kind. What is it? I don't know. It's gross, though. Tom comes in. Oh, does he? Goes, are you all right? And she's (sighs) like, oh, hi. Just checking in. I remember you told some stories. And um, that's all I remember. I don't remember. I don't know how I, I ate a lot of jelly. Liar. Liar on eight fronts. It was really weird jelly. Tom looked relieved. And I went, because you don't have to tell the whole story of how you met and then left her mother. Yeah. Nynaeve asks after. Which I think mostly isn't a flattering story for more gays. Uh, why not? Well, okay, here's the deal. Tom and more gays hook up. Okay, I'm assuming what happened is Owen gets killed, well, by, you know, a circuitous route. Tom goes after Elida Mm -hmm. and Morghese is like, you don't get to go after Elida. Here's a headsman. Mm -hmm. I think any story that goes with, and then I tried to kill you, is you're probably the bad guy. Not good. So that's what I'm going to go with. Nynaeve asks after Sandar, after pushing the hangover remedy at Elaine. And then Sandar enters the building. Yep, he was not and in the room at night. And he looks like shit. There was a bruise beneath his left eye, and the short black hair that normally lay flat on his head looked rough combed with his fingers. The thieves in this city are as numerous as minnows in reeds, and they will talk if you buy a cup of something. I've talked with two men who claim to have seen a woman with a white streak in her hair above the left ear. I think I believe one of them. Mm. So he he got some information. That's a good lead. He he went to from bar to bar, right? Asking after... Who's the one with the white streak? I don't remember. Uh, I have trouble with their names sometimes. I think it starts with a C. Let me check. Because we know Leandrin has the yellow braids and the pouty mouth. Yep. The rosebud mouth. hmm I don't know what that means. This. Oh, she's got duck face. Yeah, she's got duck face. Okay. She's got red duck face. <laughs> Rihanna. It's Rihanna. And this is where Tom and Joylin start... Debating the relative merits of their approaches towards information gathering. Mm-hmm. Which we talked about kind of already. The dick measuring the contest? The dick measuring contest. Kind of silly. I think I said dick measuring. Sure. Whatever. It, it, it is counts. what it is. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dick and, measuring uh, contest. Who knows more, the poors or the riches? Yep. And, and nine you've goes... Who do you vote for? Poors or riches? Well, it depends on the situation at hand. In this case complicated uh in this case i would guess the richies yeah i think so too yeah nine goes perhaps elaine and i will succeed without either of you we will begin looking ourselves today and then she looks at elaine and goes at least i will elaine may need a little more rest <laughs> and to Tom recover just from goes, mm-hmm. the voyage <laughs> and then elaine shotguns the hangover remedy and goes, two pairs just of like eyes. she shotgunned a lot of wine last Can't night. Can see better than one. And Joylin goes, and she uh, stands up and she goes, Who? or I could get like a shitload of people and all of Bale Domon's friends to look for you instead because that's a hundred people. And Tom goes, I, we will find these women for you if they can be found. There's no need for you to stir from the inn. And then Joylin rejoins, besides which, if they are here, they know the two of you. They know your faces. As opposed to you, Well, Mr. Joylin's plan was... Dog boy? Get Bale Doman's hundred Ilioner men to look for you. Okay, that's like a decent yeah, plan. Yeah, that's a great plan. That's a great plan, actually. And Nine, even Elaine are like, weren't y'all just at each other's throats? 
Yes, but you also need to learn to delegate. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's like, what I said I do. Yeah, they delegate. They don't do everything. And Nynaeve goes, you know, I thought about how they know what we look like, and I have come up with the most ungodly, brilliant fucking plan. Please tell That us. has ever existed. I'm going to put my hair in a different hairstyle. I'm going to cut my hair. I'm not even going to cut. I'm going to restyle my hair and wear a different shirt. Oh, are you? Oh, good. Yeah, and I'm going to wear a veil on half my face. And I go, okay, yes, I hear you about how you could disguise yourself. However, (laughs) I'm not sure. I feel like a real disguise would be like go full men and just completely change your appearance. Completely overhaul the shit. Yeah, like get a pixie cut and... I don't know, draw freckles on yourself. I don't know, whatever it is. But I don't know if a different hairstyle and a veil is going to cut it. I don't I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Tom and Joylin are like, oh, God, now we can't talk to them because they're not paying attention to us, and this is a terrible idea. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. Yeah, see, I kind of trust them on that, on what's, a, on what's a terrible idea and what's not. There was one problem none of them had mentioned yet. One that Tom and Joylin did not know. If the Black Aja was in Tanchico, then so was whatever it was that endangered Rand. Something able to bind him with his own power. Finding Leandrin and the others was not enough. They had to find that, too. Okay. Suddenly her newfound appetite was completely gone. So, yes. Maybe it's pertinent to tell them this information at this point. It might be. They might want to know it. It might be helpful. And telling them, you know, say... They both pull a Joylin again and get compulsed to tell them everything. I mean, I think the Black Aja are just going to assume that they're there because they know about the thing. Probably. That would line up. Like, I don't think that's going to be huge information. I don't think it needs to be that secret. No. So why not just tell them? I don't know. Might be a good idea. Might be a good idea. But we don't. What do you think it is? God. Like a Terangrial or something. Or... Something to do with male magic. I mean, we know that Leandrin, when she was not Leandrin, or not Leandrin, blah, 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 blah. we know that Lanfear, when she was not Lanfear, when she was mm, M something, wasn't, didn't she have a name that was different than Le- Le- Lanfear? No, when she was like just a person and not a forsaken. M- uh, Mirren. Mirren. Thank you. See? Yeah. Mirren. Um, when she was Viren, she was looking for a way to, like, unite the male magic and the female magic. So it's got to be something to do with that, right? Like Could something... Be. Do you think it's an object you have seen? Well, we know it's not the Black Rod, because the Black Rod's Belfire. No, yeah, they... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like yes, and I'm just not picking up on what it is. Oh, no, I'm, I like to mislead you as much as I like to lead you places. I'm just trying to think of what we've seen. Like, we've seen a little man... That Rand's carried in his pocket, like a little Buddha. We've seen doorways. We've seen... A whole-ass elephant skeleton. Yeah, but I don't feel like it's that. I mean, could it be that? Probably not. No. We've seen the little figurines with the big ball things, right? But I think those are just minis of the maxis that we're going to have to deal with later. Mm. But maybe they're, maybe it's that. I mean... And we know there's a black rod and a white rod, but I don't think it's either of those. I also kind of wonder if, like, once upon a time, maybe warders were magic men. 
Interesting. And they had a way of binding them in a particular way. But maybe that's dumb and totally out there. But I just kind of go like, well, to me, it makes sense that, I mean, the warder thing, I go, where is that initially from? It's from wanting to have a companion who's in your like magic destiny or whatever you're setting out to do. So maybe once upon a time, it wasn't non-magic men. It was magic men. Could be. Which if they bound Rand, like don't warders have to do what they say? Kind of, yeah. You can compel a warder. It's not compulsion, but it's similar. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering about that, if that was related somehow. Could be. But I go, well, if Rand could be influenced that way, they would have bound him by now, probably. Probably. If they could. Um, So then I go, well, then maybe there was a special way to do it. The good guys could do that, too, because that's what Varen said to Perrin when she was like, watch out for Alana. Like, I'm I'm not saying she's going to bind you, but she might. Is there a... A, a thing you have to do, like, is there a Terran Grial to bind people to you? Nope. You poke them on the forehead and do a thing, and then they're bound. I don't know. I just well, thought maybe somehow that might be related. Regardless, that's the end of chapter 39. That was long as fuck. is called Hunter of Trollocs. That's the chapter. Look how scary that thing is. What is it? It's a Trolloc. It's Trolloc. Yes. Scary, scary. Who's the POV? Like the scariest chapter heading. Yeah. I think because it's so big. big. Yeah. And it's like a skull. It's not a... It's a big ass skull. It's a big ass skull. It's not just, you know, like one tiny thing. Mm -hmm. A skull, a fist, and a trident. Very frightening. They're really big. Do you have notes? I do. Gus just laughed when he heard the chapter title, and now I'm nervous. It's a cool title. Um, okay. Get this boy some stuff to kill. Perrin just wants to kill stuff. Mm-hmm. Get it. Cold smell, huh? I believe that's how they describe Slayer's scent. Interesting. When the, He's talking about Lord Luke, and he goes, he has a cold smell. And I went, oh, does he? Interesting. I'm just feeling like I'm getting more and more textual evidence. Listen, you read what you want to read into what you want to read it into. I'm going to read what I want to read into. Fael and her Urkel scent is back. <laughs> oh, that's cute. But also this is because Luke is here pairing you jealous bee. He does something cute for Fael and I go, okay, yes, but also. Yeah, he like hugs her and starts kissing her hair. And I go, okay, okay but good. how much of this is because Lord Luke is here? But. I mean, yeah. right? Alana, sus. Yeah. Because she's sneaking off into the forest all the time. Sure. And then I went, but Luke, sus. Big sus. He's the biggest sus. Many U's in that sus. Many U's, all all capitals. So does he hint at a claim to a Borderland throne? (laughs) Does he? Does he hint at a claim to a Borderland throne? Who might also potentially have a claim to a Borderland throne? Who also might? Could it be potentially, possibly, at all, somebody named Isam Mandragon? Mandragon? Mandragon. 
Okay. But Rand's the man. And they go, oh, interesting. Is Lord Luke claiming that? Mm. Hmm. But he doesn't look like Lan because Perrin would have said so. No, he does not. So. Anyway. There aren't just grain mills over there, friend. The rumor mill has also been in full operation. True. Perrin, relax. No one wants your toxic ass girl, okay? True. (laughs) It's true. That's fine, Perrin. You wouldn't want some idiot that's going to run at the first sign of trouble. Oh, he goes, I told everybody if they don't want to fight, they can leave. Yep. And I went, that's no one did. Valid. Because you don't want some mamby pamby idiot. Well, you want to be able to trust the guys in your unit. Yeah, that they're going to like hold together Mm -hmm. when shit hits the fan, which it inevitably will. Mm -hmm. So Luke is trying to start some shit. Maybe. I do not appreciate him going around to the White Cloaks and going, so rumor has it, here's the goss, here's the tea, that they don't want you in their town. Maybe go fuck off and look at how cool I am and these guys are. They're going to punch you if you get close. If I were parent... Get ready for punches. I would imprison you (laughs) for doing that kind of shit. Okay. I'm just saying. I don't trust him. Fair. Is this cold-smelling fop shading Perrin right now? (laughs) Maybe. Um, definitely. (laughs) Stupid fucking Will. Perrin's mad at him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts talking about how Will, he starts slut shaming Will. And I go, okay, that's rich coming from you, Perrin. You think about women all the damn time. Just the one. Okay, but all the damn time. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's some like Paragon asexual being who doesn't think about other people. Fayo reacting like the boy with the motorcycle. Oh, said everyone's funny but you. Okay, so this was, this is what I meant by that. So. Perrin says something like, everyone's something but you. And I can't remember what it is. And I go, this gives me major, like, high school angst vibes where you're attracted to that, like, troubled boy with the motorcycle who goes, everyone's a phony but you. Yeah. Yeah. Fael has major horse girl energy. Have I discussed this before? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because she's wealthy, but also, like, socially inept. Okay. Oh, someone once called my sister a horse girl. She go, my sister has never liked or touched a horse or any animal. My sister hates animals, which is a hot take. Um, but she, somebody once at a bar, one of her coworkers goes, you have like a lot of horse girl energy. And she went, that is not nice. And he <laughs> goes, that's a compliment. Okay, so now I need to ask the podcast community, has ever anyone ever used horse girl as a compliment ever? No. Right? I don't think so. No. Okay. But Fayel is a horse girl. No. Luke betrayed their ass. Maybe. Uh, uh, uh. Maybe. Could be. Possible. Maybe. I don't know. He rode off. He goes, okay, I'll be back in a minute. Just hold on a sec. Goes off into the forest. Turns his ass around. Goes and talks to the trogs and goes... Just so you know, they're waiting to ambush you, so you might as might want to go this way. How did he? Get, uh, well, well, we'll come back to this later. I I have opinions. Okay. About how he got there, I have opinions. Okay. Okay. The dream world. Uh, okay. Okay. Good thing Fayil didn't go with him. Oh, Luke. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been bad. He would have killed her ass. For Quite sure. Possibly, maybe. For sure. Oh, for sure, because then she would have been a snitch, so she'd get a stitch or two death-wise, like Corpse Bride. Sure. Okay, do you think he's a dark friend now? Oh, 
This is what I meant to, how I meant to say this. Do you think he's a dark friend now, Fayil? <laughs> this is the most sus thing anyone's ever done in these books. Yeah. And that includes Inktar with his, we have to get the horn for no reason. Yeah. Uh, come on. Yeah. Some Achilles shit right there. Yeah. Yeah, Perrin gets shot and keeps fighting. He didn't give a Achilles. Perrin, you can't die before you cro- procreate, my dude. Your family needs you to make spawn. There's no other ones. There's no other ones. He talks about like 300 years. Of Ibarras. Of yeah. Ibarras. And like, I went, Oh my shit, God. Okay, you gotta have shit. a baby. Like, I'm not trying to force babies on people, but like, consider. You're the only one. Take a thought at it. <clears throat> oh, good Christ. I stand by it. I don't remember what it's about. Oh, yes. He he turns around and he's like, basically, is anyone alive out there? And two people respond. It's more than two, though. No, but, but at first he like thinks it's, it's two. two. And I go, oh, fuck. Fuck the duck, the duck. Jesus Christ. And then I go, did they just kill Fayul just now? Because I was like, they're I, getting I married. I you into thinking that. You did. You baited me into thinking that. You scared the shit out of me. He, <laughs> he goes, remember on, what was it? Dusty Wheel. Dusty Wheel. Thank you. I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. But I go, remember on um, Dusty Wheel when somebody said, well, we think we could ride out Fayil. Is it possible that we could ride out Fayil? Which and I, I said, went, what does that so, mean? Why do you think they said that? Trying to trick yeah, he goes, into thinking that I go, Fayil I go, did here. they just kill Fayil? And he goes, yeah, why do you think Dusty Wheel said that about riding out Fayil? And I went, <gasps> and then she comes out of the woods two Holy pages later. Holy shit, I thought they had killed Fayil. And I went, did Fayil just fucking die? Nope, she is not the third Miss Fridge. And then I went, Ivan, bless. Ooh. And then I said, okay, so now I'm thinking Alana might be fine. Maybe she's suspicious of Luke, and that's why she's been spending so much time in the forest, like talking to whatever. Good guess. Interesting perspective. An interesting perspective. And then I went, or is the timing sus? Maybe. But I think it's the first one. Okay, they never need to do that to me again. The file thing? I can't handle it in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Robert. Robert's like, I wrote this in 2004 or whatever, whenever he wrote. This book? What, when Shadow he, Rising, like 93. He goes, I couldn't see 2020 coming. You were a year old when yeah. I wrote 92, this. 92, actually. You were not born I yet. W- what? 1992. When did it come out? What month? Did it beat September, me? Into the world? Early September. That's hilarious. But he goes, I could not possibly have foreseen you as an infant needing to not be this scared in this beat 2020. This by two weeks. It beat me by two weeks? Yep. You guys, this is my birthday book. Cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dang, this is so sad. Yeah. Like his whole thing about, you know, all the people who are dead. Yeah. That crushed me. Yeah. Perrin, you've been ducking shot. Yes, he has been. Keeps definitively shot. But I'm going to keep it. <laughs> uh, so chapter 40. Wait, I'm not oh. done. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Go, go. Perrin, you didn't kill them. It was definitely Luke. Sure. Go well, kill what, it was Luke. the Trollocs, at least. Okay. Here's, here's, my, here's my thing. Okay, Lucifer. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's Get rid the same. of Ifer. It's just Luke. It's just Luke. All right. Any well, that's, questions? That's, that's Luce Theron. No. Lucifer? Lucifer? Where is L-E-W-S in Lucifer? Luce. It's the same sound. Okay, well, and what did he do? Killed his whole family. What did Luke do? Killed this whole group of people. All right. I'm on to you. I'm going to read you like a book. Chapter 40. I'm not done. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go. 
It's the motherfucking Tawatha on. Chapter 40, Hunter of Trollocs. Who is the POV? Perrin. Perrin himself. What's he up to? Perrin and... He's in a camp in the woods with all those two rivers lads. Oh, yeah, lads. He, but he's at his house, his former house. Yeah, he's, he like, is. looking at the graves Looking of at the ancestors. graves of his entire fucking family. God, and fuck me up already. Better days. Uh, he is looking around at the fact that it's rained a lot because that storm Varen called up was way stronger than she anticipated it would be, which makes sense for Varen. Like, yeah, she goes, oh. Yes, yes. Oh, 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 dear. Oh, my bad. Oops. Oopsie daisy. Low grassy mounds marked generations of Ibarras buried here. The oldest among the carved wooden headpieces, cracked and barely legible, bore dates nearly 300 years old. It was the mound smoothed by rains but barely covered by grass that stabbed him. Generations of Ibarras buried here, but surely never 14 at one time. Good Christ. So we have a nice... Except for that one really bad other day. A nice big long section of sads here. A big, long section of sads. And then Daniel Lewin comes up, and Perrin can tell it's him because he can smell him. Yeah, and he goes, what's up, Daniel? And Daniel goes, oh, Ooh. it's me indeed. Fael has come, the Lady Fael, and Lord Luke, too. They came from Emmons Field. Oh, Lord Lucifer? <laughs> Perrin gets up, gets up, back on his bullshit, heads into camp to touch base with everyone. What is going on in this camp? What is this camp of, Allie? There's 50 young men. They're going out hunting trollocs. They're trolloc hunters. Like Perrin said. And they are uh, getting used to the feel of living out in the woods, because most of them have never been outside for more than a day or two, and they've been on the road for like a week. That's a long time. And they've been killing lots of stuff. They have killed many a trolloc. And it's all been very successful so far. I don't think they mention a single person who's died. Not yet, no. Fael runs over, and... uh, goes, Master Luhan said we might find you here. And Perrin grabs Master Luhansifer, trust no one. <laughs> Perrin is going to talk to her, but instead he just hugs her because he's still traumatized. Yes. And he goes, it's good to see you. But also... I've missed you. Flirty McGee is also, also here. It's both of them. Will and what's-his-face? Luke. She confirms that... Uh, the refugees and other folks have made it safely to Emmons Field. And more than that, who else has made it to Emmons Field? Fuck. Um, a shitload <clears throat> of farmers. Uh, oh, the Coplins and the Congress? Just a shitload of them. <clears throat> a lot of people on farms out in oh. the woods have been trickling into Emmons Field like, hey, we heard the news. You know, smart plan. The news. I think Perrin just saved like a billion people. Yes. The news from whom, Allie? The news from everyone. From Perrin Golden Eyes. Well, yeah. I mean, everyone's talking about him. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Is that he's the new hit band? Everyone's people, talking about him. One Perrin before this. Perrin says, "Don't tell Luke that there's Aiel here. I don't want him to know." Good plan. Two. Don't tell him anything. Actually. Counting Flan Lewin's place, Luke was at five different burned-out places on the day they were attacked. Interesting. Which file says, Perrin, the man's an arrogant fool in some ways. I hear he's hinted at a claim to one of the borderland thrones for all he's Does told us he? he's from Mirandy. But you cannot really believe he's a dark friend. He gave some very good advice in Emmons Field. What? Give me one piece of advice that's actually worked out for and anybody. And this is when we loop into, oh yeah, everyone's saying that Perrin Goldeneyes has summoned everyone into town. They're not wrong. Is Perrin stressed? Yes. Why? Because he's always stressed. In particular, He's stressed why? and pressed. Well, this isn't going to be good for him with the PR with the White Cloaks. They're going to be weird about that. What else? He doesn't like that they're calling him Golden Eyes. What else? 
And how are they going to feed all those fucking people? Well, what else? And... Why is everyone <clears throat> treating me like I'm in charge? Well, that, that's what I meant by the golden eyes thing, but yes. Well, I think more than that, he also hates being identified by his eyes. Well, yeah, because, excuse me, my rest of my body is it's over right here. right here, yeah. My parent buff-ass shoulders, parent yeah. axe-handle shoulders. Couldn't you call me parent buff shoulders? Couldn't you call me big dick parent? <laughs> uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. She goes, there'll be stories about you and the two rivers for the next thousand years. Perrin Golden Eyes, hunter of Trollocs. Not just in the two ribs, baby cake. News spreads, my fine general. She's so into it. She's so... She loves being a popular dude's... Horny. ...side piece. What does Perrin think to himself about all this? I don't like it. I have not hunted many Trollocs at all. I've only wiped out two camps of Trollocs. Oh, is that all? That's more than most people. This is you underplaying your achievements. This is exactly what you sound like all the time you're when you're talking so about your nice shit. To me. So Perrin, Perrin goes on, he's talking about, you know, oh, well, whatever, you know, we got Gaul here, we tracked down a whole band of sleeping Trollocs, and then they were asleep, and we killed them, and that's whatever, and then we found another band of Trollocs, and they had a Myrdral with them, and, you know, they had sentries, and so Gaul killed the sentries, and then we killed the rest of them, but, like, it's not like we're really doing anything. What? Yeah. Honey. Bit dumb. Shh. Don't underplay your accomplishments. But then uh, it Play rains up, baby. way more, and so there's no more tracks for them to follow. Okay. Well, that's not your fault. There are also white cloak patrols out and about. Okay. What are they looking for? Perrin. Is it Trollocs? Is it the actual threat? No. No. What are they looking for? The people who stole their prisoners. Who got our goddamn prisoners out? What is this bullshit? Which, this is not the problem. No. The problem is that there are Trollocs... Literally like demon dudes trying to kill everybody. Can we focus? Mm-hmm. Can we focus, weird religious zealots? There is a there is a real threat out in the world. Mm-hmm. Luke is holding court, as sure. it were. He goes, the village is quite secure now. Plenty of people gathered together to defend it. I must say, I enjoy sleeping under a roof when I can. Mistress Alvira at the inn provides a tasty meal. Her bread is among the best I've ever eaten. Okay, I did not think you were going to go with bread. (laughs) There truly is nothing like fresh baked bread and fresh churned butter and putting your feet up of an evening with a fine mug of wine. Why is this sexy? Because he's an (laughs) asshole. And Kenley Ahan goes... Uh, Lord Luke was saying we, we should go to Ammon's Field, Perrin. What does Perrin say? Nah. Cool. Yeah, if you want to do that and then feel bad when the Trollocs eat more people, you can. <laughs> okay. Basically is what it boils down to. Well, fuck, Perrin. Jesus Christ. Will Alcine laughs because Perrin's not quite so brusque about this yet. Will Alcine barked a laugh. He was not so pretty with a red puffy nose and a spotty six-day growth of beard. Why, the is, man, why is his nose all puffy? Because Does he's been outside. Punch? Or, oh, because he's sunburned? No, he's just been outside. He's been, it's, it's windburn. It's cold. Oh, okay. Uh, the man looks at Fael once. Truly. And Perrin is like, you're dead. You're, you're dead at, to you're me? Dead forever. You're dead to everyone. You're dead in real life. You, I just killed you. He goes, we've not smelled a Trolloc in days. Be reasonable, Perrin. Maybe we've killed them all already. No, and no. And Luke is like, oh, oh, hey, uh, you know, a lot of tro- the Trollocs are dead. Then maybe they are gone. It could, then maybe they're gone. Hey, you want to go home and everyone will cheer you on for when you go home because you killed all those Trollocs? You are sus as fuck, my friend. You are sus as fuck. 
Who owns you? Perrin. Um, this is when Perrin drops the whole thing. It was like, you can leave if you want to. We're not done, though. Uh-huh. No one leaves. Yeah, of course they don't. Luke is Perrin's like, the leader. We're like, what are you going to do then? You're going to run around and start stabbing white cloaks instead? Because they, they're sure. calling you guys Batman out here with the vigilante justice. It's like, what do the white cloaks think they do if not vigilante justice? But whatever. Um, I'm sorry. You can talk to me when you don't hang children, you mm-hmm. motherfuckers. Gaul runs in. Luke is like, what the fuck? Perrin is like, ugh. Oops. And what does Luke share? What what, what does Gaul share? Trollocs. Yep. How many? Lots. About 30. Mm-hmm. Moving up through this well, uh, well-named Waterwood to the south. They number no more than 30. And I believe they need to take camp on the edge of the forest and strike tonight. There are men still holding Strikes the soil homes. to the south. Guys encamped to the south. Mm. And then Gaul grins and he goes, they did not see me. They will have no warning. Great. And then Chiad leans over to Bane and goes, He moves well enough for a stone dog. He makes little more noise than a lame bull. And Gaul just ignores this. And this is when Perrin decides he's going to be... This is... There is tension. Tension. There is sexual tension. This is when Perrin decides he's going to be the most extra of all time. As opposed to any other time. Well, Will, do you want to go to Emmons Field? You can shave and maybe find a girl to kiss while these Trollocs have supper tonight. Why are you being like this? It's embarrassing. You're like a you're like a actual general. Can you just quit it with the petty bullshit? Everyone agrees. He's to not stick interested in Fael. Perrin goes, What about you, Luke? We'd be pleased to have a lord and hunter of the horn with us. You could show us how it is done. What does Luke say? I'm good. I got shit to do, my man. I got to go and check on Emmons Field and the defenses there. I must see to protecting your people. Oh, is is that it? Is that it? Is that what you got to go do? Are you going to go hoop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop over to the Trollocs and tell them that we're talking about them and that we're right here? Fail to come with him and she's like, no, I'm not going to. No, I'll be with Perrin, actually. Good fucking move, honestly, because whatever he was going to do to her, I wasn't a fan. He heads out. You're fake. And Perrin confers with Gaul. Yes. And the Aiel to determine their best course of action. Yes. How best to set up the ambush. The trap. The trambush. The trambush. The Trollocs. Not to be confused with Schlanbush. That's my name. They're going to stop in a thicket, basically, ahead of the Trollocs. They're going to take them by surprise. There is a night runner with them. It will be easier surprising them in their blankets than facing them awake. True. Perrin is like, yeah, no, that's okay. We're going to ambush them while they're awake. Okay. I mean, sure. I don't think they are sure that the Trollocs will not kill people before they go to sleep. That's fair. Yeah. So uh, we got 70 men with Perrin now. 30 Trollocs. Yeah, all right. We can do that. The odds are good. Yeah. It seemed, uh, he, he, he's, he's got like divisions within mm-hmm. his ranks. It's important to mention because, you know, he's, he's, he's got a command structure. Oh, no, that's um, good. Fail and he and everyone else set off. Fail is like, I think you're really, really overreacting to this Luke dude. I don't. <laughs> Perrin goes, I trust you and my bow and my axe. And she's like, I am a special... Mm-hmm. For two the o- boy on the motorcycle thinks I'm not a phony. 
So they head south. It's still raining. There's not a lot of wind. Or it's not raining, actually, but it's wet and it's gross. And they stop around a pond. If the Trollocs continue the way they are going, they will walk right by here. The Aiel kind of spread out to forward scout. Hopefully there's no one who's just left who could go inform them that there's a trap waiting for them and to go around it and then come back the other way. Everyone uh, hides in the forest somewhere to best be able to intercept the Trollocs. And if only there wasn't somebody who just left who could inform them where they are. And they wait. And they wait. And time passes. And they wait. Perrin is like, it has been a long fucking time. This is wild. The birds vanished a moment before the squirrels went silent. That's never good. Perrin drew a deep breath and frowned. Nothing. On that breeze, he should surely be able to smell Trollocs as soon as the animals sensed them. Huh. A vagrant gust brought him the putrid stink. Whirling, he shouted, They're behind us! Rally to me! Two rivers to me! I wonder who could have caused that. And mm. then it's Bedlam. And then it's bad because they're not in a formation that makes any sense no. for to defend. I think they're in like a bowl around where they thought the Trollocs would come in, and now they're being attacked from the outside of that Yeah, bowl. so it's chaos. So that's very, very bad. It's very bad because you want things to be as organized as humanly possible yeah. when it comes to being an efficient killing machine. And you want to be able to flank, surround, your, flank and surround your opponent, yes. not the other way around, <coughs> especially Correct. not in the woods. Yeah. So Perrin starts fighting, Trolloc jumps... Out of the woods, he yeasts at him. Perrin shoots the Trolloc, and it fucking dies, but in the process, it shoots him directly in the side. Ouch. Very painful, deeply unpleasant. Bad Perrin, sign for the fight going forward, Perrin, because Perrin's like their best fighter by far. Does Perrin, well, not the Aiel. Okay, fine. Does Perrin give a shit? No. Not really. He, like, hunches over He's for like, a minute. He's like, ooh, that stings. But then two other Trollocs come at him, so he just rips off the arrow. Uh, it's still in his skin. Ew! But he breaks it off, so he can uh, still fight. Gross. It's like a splinter, but big. Forcing himself upright, he gritted his teeth and snapped the thumb-thick arrow off short, pulled his axe free, and Uh. rushed to meet them. Uh. Howling, he realized dimly, howling with rage that filmed his eyes red. They towered over him, their armor at all spikes at elbows and shoulders, but he swung his axe in a frenzy as if trying to cut down a tree with every blow. For Adora, for Dizelle. My mother! He screamed. Burn you! My mother! Okay, this is very touching. Wasn't them. Abruptly, he realized <laughs> he was hacking at bloody shapes on the ew, ground. Ew, 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 Okay. That's why I cannot be a soldier. <laughs> it's rough. He he calls back to the rest of the woods. Two rivers rally to me. How many people call back? Two. Two. No file yet. He's yelling for her. Ooh. And uh, and then a draw walks up. You'd think they would have been, like, together. She stayed with the horses. Oh, which were behind him, which is where they came from. That's bad. That's bad. And then a Mirdral slithers into view. And he goes, I had fun with her. And I was like, why are the Mirdral the most rapey? It said mockingly. Its voice made the name sound like burned leather crumbling. Your fail was delicious. Ew. Okay. I'm sorry. Can everyone, I understand that some people were like, ripe is not that bad, but can we talk about delicious? Delicious is bad. Delicious is gross. In this context in particular. Period. Period. Yeah. Uh, so Parent gets in a fight with the mirror draw. How's it going? Not, not, not well. Good. 
He well, Perrin's injured. He's, He's going to die. And I'm like, just cut his head off, please, and thanks. Perrin falls, I believe. Stress, stress, stress. To I was ground. like, wow, Rip Fail. I didn't mean what I said about you. I did, but I didn't because <laughs> your dad. And then a sword snickers out of nowhere. Snicker, snack right off his head. And pretty much decapitates the mirror draw. Nice. Who is it? It's Yvonne. Yvonne. Welcome, Yvonne. There he is. Who is so Yvonne? Pleased. Who is Yvonne? Yep. It is um, one of Alana's warders. Alana's only remaining warder. Oh. The other one died. Remember? The White Cloaks killed him. Oh, and they cast him, the one who dies. He's got a different name, but yes. They, cast, <gasps> they have already cast Alana and both of her warders. So like, oh no, I bet we see one of them die. Probably. I bet it's going to be really sad. He goes, Alana sent me to find you. I almost didn't. The Trollocs were not linked to that. More's the pity. But if you can gather your people together, they might not be willing to try you without one of the faceless to goad them. I would estimate about a hundred to begin with. So they didn't even have the accurate information as to how many of them there were. Yep. Ugh. Perrin rallies his forces. How many come? 27? Yeah, about 20-something. Ugh. Well, no, 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 wait. Yeah, like 27. 27 are missing. Oh. Among them. Okay, well, that's not as bad. Among them. But not good. Kenley Ahan. No, baby. Who is the one who is like, hey, we get to go no, home. No, and I know I knew you did that voice on purpose to try yes, and I make did. me feel bad, and I did. He made himself name the missing. No, don't do that. Made don't, himself count Oh, them. don't do it. Don't. No, that's not. No. Everyone is traumatized and stressed. Well, you would be, wouldn't A you? A lot of moments of, is anyone out there? Did we leave the wounded? And Billy Eldai goes, or Ban Alcine goes, only the dead. Ouch. Wasn't there a horribly graphic, like, oh, there was like a head and Will then the rest of them. Will looked to be frowning at something just out of sight. I saw Kenley. Oh, no, don't mention it. Don't mention it. Oh, no, no. His okay. head oh. was in the crook of an oak, but the rest of him was down at the foot. I saw him. His cold won't bother him now. Christ! Ugh. So everyone is not having a good time. I'm not happy. Um, what a way to leave off. Does Perrin lose his cool? Not outwardly. No, he's okay. Well, he not, holds it together. Is he okay? He's not I okay. Mean, he's, 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 he holds up, is what I mean. And by he's holds up, commanding. he doesn't absolutely lose his shit. He but internalizes like, all of this, but he 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 maintains his. He's going to need like extensive therapy. He's we're going to put the wounded on the horses, and we're going to keep together. He asks Ivan for advice. What's Ivan's advice? Uh, stay strong. I Everyone don't know. who could possibly carry a bow or walk up. Oh yeah, is because going to carry a bow with an arrow knocked. Because we're going to just discourage anyone who's out there from attacking. Yeah, because Trollocs are cowards, right? Yes. We are going to make it seem like we're fine, even though we've lost some, and hopefully they will not just slaughter us. Because how many of these men would be in good fighting condition right now? Not and women. Men a, and women. Not a ton. About four. And their names are Ivan, Gaul, Bane, and Chiad. Yeah. Yeah. No one else. Maybe Fail. But she like seems she fine. just used knives. She doesn't really have anything that could fight a sword effectively. Yeah. She's more of a distant gal. And those are kind of limited. You've mm -hmm. got like four of them, and then you're not very helpful. Perrin is pissed that Fael is insisting that he rides Stepper, and then she reminds him, you've been shot, you you've fucking You've been shot, idiot. you fuck. 
Get on the horse. He expected the others to protest after he had brought them to disaster, but no one did. Did he bring them to disaster? No. Kind of not really. No, but not, though. Yeah, they, like, not they, at they've all. they've just been hanging out there. Yeah. Like, I, you know who did, though? Is it Luke, Allie? It's Luke, Gus. <laughs> and I also think, like, if it's anyone's bad, it would be Gaul's, right? Because he's... Gaul the, reported accurately what he No, saw. I know, but I go, well... He gave them incomplete information. He said there were only 30 of them, right? That's how many there were when Gaul found them. I know, but I'm saying, yeah. like, if you're lo- if we're looking to play the blame game here, like, it's not like Gaul came to them and said, there's a hundred of yeah. them behind you. I, I skipped this earlier. Uh, Gaul and uh, Ban and Chiad come back at the end of the battle, and Gaul is limping a little bit, and he goes, they did not come as we expected. Ouch. He feels bad. I think so. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. So at this point, Perrin's on his horse. But I'm just going, like, you're not blaming Gaul. So why would anyone blame you? It's Perrin. I know. He's so frustrating. He's a sweet boy. He's a sweet boy, but stop it. This is so cute. Fael is walking next to him. He's on a horse, right? He's way up. So she's like down. She's she's got her hand on his leg like she's holding him in place. Because she loves him. She loves him. Okay, like, their relationship is really toxic, but but at times I go, okay, provided you both get therapy, you could make it work. Perrin keeps thinking to himself, 27 Two Rivers folk. Stop! 27. Stop it! 27. This is a distraction. Intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts. Yvonne goes, we should find a farm for the night. Someplace undercover in case it rains again. A fire. Food. And he looks at the wounded and he goes, water and bandages. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna that let, makes sense. I'm going to let that happen. The warder was better than he at knowing the right thing to do. Old Billy Conger with his head full of ale was probably better. <sighs> no. He just stop. let Stepper follow Yvonne's gray. This is how I feel whenever like anyone I love talks shit about themselves. I'm like, stop it. Gosh, I don't know what that feels like. No, you uh, don't. I never have negative self-talk. Before okay. they had gone much beyond a mile, a faint thread of music caught Perrin's ear. Fiddles and flutes playing merry tunes. At first he thought he was dreaming, but then the others heard too, exchanging incredulous looks, then relieved grins. Music meant people, and happy people by the sound. Someone celebrating. That anyone might have something to celebrate was enough for them to pick their feet up somewhat. Honestly, I get it. And that's the end <laughs> of chapter... It's the motherfucking to what the on. 40. very much for listening we have a bunch of social media all of it is in the description below if you want to support us on patreon you can do that at patreon.com slash wheel takes that would be awesome you can also leave us a rating and a review on apple podcasts that is free very very happy (laughs) and brings us much joy and other than that anything else ally it's the (laughs) twilight thank you for listening everybody bye bye
Thank you again for listening. This was Wheel Takes with Allie and Gus. Music by Alexander Nakarada. <laughs> <laughs>